everyone. It is Dave and Jeff. It is November 11th, 2020. It is Veterans Day. It sure is. Yep. It's weird. First time in two years, Dave, because uh, we have friends that listen to the show, obviously in the state. Happy Veterans Day, everybody here. Uh, and I, I enjoyed social media today because everybody was acknowledging it. But in Canada, it's the first time. I was there in 2018. I was there in 2019. I should have been there tonight. Um, they do a really cool thing. And literally everybody you see in the country is wearing a poppy, uh, the red flower. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, you've seen it when uh, a lot of times NHL would be going tonight in a normal year. All the coaches wear it. And when we would go up there, man, it was really important to everybody on our team at the hotel where we stayed, they would have just a basket full of pins, right? Yeah. Like with the poppy. And when we were going out during those days for the couple of days leading up, it was always like you, it was like co-check, man. Hey, you got your poppy, Dave, Dave, fuck it. Get over there, dude. We, we do this. And it's such a beautiful tradition. I wish we had something like that here. I, you see people wearing the flag pins today yeah. and doing all those things. But I mean, literally Dave, everybody you cross. Yeah has that on and when i was seeing it today i was like ah you made you go i really enjoyed participating in that you know what's funny you say that it's one of those things that shows me how fucked up i am on the calendar like yeah we'd be in hockey and basketball season right now. completely yeah if you're watching hockey or watching the raptors play i would have noticed it yeah completely yeah, raptors thrown too, off. yeah didn't even think about it till you just said it yeah and i i love the fact that the guys that were on our team the men and women on our team yeah, we'd have seven or eight in the traveling party, and we took a lot of pride in it. We yeah. took a lot of pride in participating in that, and and it's just it's really cool how the country comes together. So if uh, for the friends that live listen north of the border for Al Taylor, what the hell is this? Uh, uh, sorry about that. Um, but for Al Taylor and everybody, yeah, if you've ever had that chance, if you happen to be up there. I, I just say, man, it, it's you know yeah. what it feels like, Dave? It was kind of, it was a little bit of a training course for wearing a mask. Because you sure didn't want to be the guy walking into the room not wearing one. Because, boy, did you look like a dipshit. Yeah. And uh, But happy Veterans Day for everybody. My man, Brian Curry. Yeah. And uh, and everybody down here, that uh, Jim Betancourt and everybody else. I uh, sure appreciate you guys. We have a very close friend um, whose birthday is today, who's a Veterans Day baby, you know? Yeah. Crystal. I thought it's her birthday today, right? Yeah. So here, here's the deal. We, Jeff and I have a mutual friend, Crystal, who's fantastic. She used to be yeah. in this business, and we knew her before she was in this business. And her birthday's obviously today. Mine is always two days afterwards, okay? So this is what I get at 5.30 in the morning, Jeff, all right? You're okay. writing happy birthday to her right now, aren't you? You yeah. son of a bitch. All right, so she writes to me, hey, happy belated birthday. Can't believe I missed it again. <laughs> Every time. And I'm like, fuck, how many times do I have to tell you? Mine is always after, but it cracks me up. Dude, <laughs> Every she time. She apologizes every time. But it's, uh, it, it, it is, that's one of those days, and it's not, I don't think, I don't look at Veterans Day as a sad day. I look at it as an appreciation day. Yeah, sure. And, but I look at anyone whose birthday is 9-11 has turned into a sad day. Right. Very tough. You know, and we we do this all the time on the show. How old are they and how much they're worth? Celebrities. 
There are a ton of famous people on 9-11. It's, Is that it's right? It's one of those popular days. It's weird how they're linked together. Mark Grant used to tell me this all the time, that if you're around a, a, a certain group of people, let's say baseball players, and obviously they're, most of them are celebrities, he goes, their birthdays are always close together. And then that used to always be Grant's theory. And there are some days when I look this up, and it'll be a shitload. And then some days there's one or none you yeah. know, of, of, of famous people. But what they talked about baseball, as I kind of jump around, the majority of professional baseball players, they're born in the month of August. Really? Yes. How about that? They're born in the month of August. And they say the reason is because of the Little League cutoff date, that those those kids basically oh, get yeah. an extra year of, of training and coaching than the other people. Well, I don't know what the hell happened to me. Yeah. I got into that. It's <laughs> shitty coaching. And, uh <laughs> That's right. Shitty coaching in You've Minneapolis. You've perfect. And then August to beginning of September. You definitely should have been a major league goddamn, baseball player. My goddamn Little League coach, Dick Schrick. <laughs> was your Little League coach Dick? Dick Schrick. I had, I had a, my first coach was Dick also. Fuck. He was, he was such what a What did you game. call him? Uh, we, we just called him. I think we just called him coach. We, he, he lived three doors down from me. He uh, he was a bit of a hard ass. Was he? But he was always cool to me because my mom was a single mom, and uh, and he was just great. And his one son was Richie, little Dick. Uh, yeah. And then uh, the older brother was Dave. Okay. Now I got along with these guys. I loved them. But Dave would try to get like the one liner in, and Dick had no time for it. Dave, that's enough. And I would. I was like seven, right? And Dave was a bit of a mouth breather. Always had spit in the corner of his mouth. One of those guys. And uh, but he was great, man. My my brother had a uh, a football coach that would yell at everybody. You afraid to get your pants dirty? And I just thought that was the funniest. I felt like uh, Pile in Full Metal Jacket. This coach would be so mad, and I would laugh at everything he yelled because it was just he ripped everybody. And uh, but they were great. That's really funny it, it, to me. It's funny. You and I obviously have talked about a million things. I never knew that your first coach's name was Dick because yeah, Dick Shrek. For for me, the, my buddies and I, we would just ask random questions because we wanted to say the name Dick. Who's on, <laughs> who's on deck, Dick? Dick, what bat do I need, Dick? Oh, he would know it. Dick yeah. Shrek could probably punch you. Pro- <laughs> like. I was five, dude. We had we had a couple guys on this thing. We had a guy named Dean Becker, who just no matter what size bat you gave him, a twenty eight ounce bat, fuck, he picked the thing up like it weighed two hundred pounds. <laughs> God damn it! Right? You just knew it. And then we had a kid, Chris Dahl, and Chris Dahl, every pitch like. It's Little League. The pitcher's going into the windup, and Chris Dahl's front foot's already out of the Chris box. Chris Dahl sounds like a rap star's name, right? Yeah. What kind of bullshit name is Chris Dahl? Great dude. <laughs> That's Great crazy. dude. But his front foot was out of the box oh, immediately. Scared. Oh, yeah. Dude, how Big fast bitch. are they throwing? Like 40. Jesus. And uh, and we would just do this drill like where Dick would just hit everybody with the pitch, and you just were like, okay. like you felt- Didn't hurt as bad as you thought it was going to hurt. Is yeah. that it? Yeah, and then you're like, okay, this is good. Next game, fuck, he's so far. His front foot's out of that box immediately. <laughs> Did you have those guys? Dude, I had, a, I had a kid. Remember, I played the majority of my baseball in Tennessee. It's it's a different story. So my, yeah. the coach I had, no joke, was straight out of Bad News Bears. He was him by himself. He would drink uh, beer nonstop. God, that's great. Throwing fucking curveballs at us like crazy. Yeah. 
and you're like, look at the spin, look at the spin, boom, and it hits you. You know? Oh, yeah. Well, maybe because you're on your eighth beer. <laughs> and then, dude, no joke, we'd all pile in the back of that El Camino, and he would drop yeah. every one of us off at home. And I would go, holy fuck, this it guy felt was normal. He was well, he was drunk driving like crazy, and our parents just let us go. Hey, hey. They, you made it home. Yeah, time for dinner. Right. Wash up. But his kid was afraid of the ball. And I remember oh. he did this move. No, this is a crazy one of the craziest things I've ever seen. He took his kid, he tied him into a tree in front of the house, and he God threw damn. He threw baseballs at him nonstop. And you Where know what? was the mom? Probably with a black eye inside with a steak on her face. Uh, is that right? I have no idea. I just made that last part up. The first part's hundred percent true. Tied yeah. his kid to a tree. You said with you, a black eye. Black eye. Okay. Yeah. Like he punched her in the face. No, I got it. Okay. It sounded like you said she was with a black guy in the <laughs> living room. I was like, God damn, what's going on in Tennessee? Shit. Well, Bernard King's from Tennessee. Maybe Bernard King was visiting. No wonder she's not paying attention. She's like, take the whole bucket out there, dick. You remember our friend Adam? He's going to come in and do some work around the house. All right, I'm going to take these 200 baseballs and drill this little prick. <laughs> That's what he did. He drilled the kid. Yeah. And you know what? The kid came back every year after that an All-Star. He never got out Was of that, that box right? again. It it worked, but I don't recommend doing it to anybody. <laughs> but that, it literally, he hit his kid nonstop with those baseballs. You just drive by his house and see it. The guy just fucking has crying fits every time yeah. he sees a tree or a baseball. <laughs> did you have to think the cops had to drive that? by his house at some point, right? Cops didn't yeah. do anything. <laughs> They just get out. Hey, let me fire a couple. See how good I am. Yeah. I'm not even going to take the belt off. Look at this shit. God damn. <laughs> They're just all whistling. Yeah. Let me see if I can throw a knuckle curve. Oh, I guess I can't. Fucking kid just sitting in there. Dude, not <laughs> even in the backyard. Right in the front yard where everybody driving by his house could see it. God. Dude, well, it must be shit. Wednesday. Yeah. Timmy's tied to the tree again. What the fuck? <laughs> What's going on in that neighborhood? Insane. It was insane. God damn it. Yeah. Uh, he wouldn't have time for you getting your pants dirty. Yeah. No, fucking fuck. had a heater and fucking some Wranglers on and he's chucking baseball. <laughs> God damn. She's in the living room with a black eye. I'm like, what? What? No, you're looking at me like you didn't get the joke, and I'm like, no, no, I understand now why I got the look. Like, what the like, fuck did you just say? Damn, you guys were progressive. <laughs> you were ahead of your time down there. Fuck, I've seen that movie. I think Lisa Ann was in that movie. Yeah, yeah. I think Tom Byron played the kid. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! I was like, what? Uh, I gotta ask, yeah. how are you feeling? Oh my god! From the from the eating challenge. Okay, I I I was sick as shit two days ago when we did the show, but Dave, I didn't tell you until after the show. I was so sick. Dave mentioned the other night when we were here that he and Josh did a eating video. It's up on JP Twenty Five Media. I will say it is the funniest fucking video. So much credit goes to Josh because the video editing makes it even funnier. How did he focus? You have to see it. Just quick synopsis, Dave. Tell everybody what you guys were doing. All right. What we did was we were we were in the car, and it turned into – first he was pissed at me 
because he wanted to get something to eat in Riverside on the way back through San, from San Bernardino. And okay. I was like, dude, I just want to beat the fucking traffic out of here. Yeah. And he's like, he, he gave me the look like your kids probably do when you don't oh, do he's... what they're thinking. And he's like, fuck. You know, I am just told you, I fucking, I'm starving is what he's thinking. But he didn't say that. But you could tell by the yeah. way he's breathing. He's ready to kill me. So I drive a little bit further. And I go, you want to pull off here? No. I guess I'll just make it home. <laughs> like, dude, we're still an hour away, you yeah. asshole. Don't yeah. act like a baby. But I didn't say shit. And then it yeah. turns into, I tell you what, I bet I could eat fucking 20 tacos go. from Taco Bell. He goes, I, I bet you can't. It turned into that. And then I was like, all right, I bet I can. How Is Rita eat? in the car? No, she's not in the fucking car. Dude, she would have ruined all the fun. She, no, she wasn't <laughs> in the car. Just him and me. This is the dumb okay. shit that him and I talk about. So he says, I know I can. I bet you can't. And, and then I'm like, oh, it's fucking on. But I'm like, he, he doesn't know I've been eating for like nine hours. He hasn't eaten for like 20 hours. So he's thinking he's going to kill me in this. And both of us are confident in our ability. I go, how many should I order? Like, do I order 25 each? Do I order 20 each? How many do you think would be enough to make it hard? Yeah. And so we both agreed 20 tacos. We could God eat 20 tacos. Damn. And so right off, we, we make it almost all the way back to East Lake, pull off right across from Benita Vista High School and yeah. go through Taco Bell. And I said, oh, I want 40 soft tacos and I'll take a large diet Pepsi with light ice. <laughs> the guy's like, what did you just say? Yeah. How yeah. much? What are you looking at? $64. $64. $64. God damn, dude. And we, we come, we come when, and obviously you've okay. seen the video. We set it up, and we look at each other like, this is going to be fucking great. How long does it take to set up the camera? Um, basically, it was fast. But we were, both of us were starving. It was, it was pretty quick. I All mean, right. I'm just wondering. Within, within literally five minutes, dude. All right, because I'm wondering, and the thing that cracks me up, there, there's so many. You know things. what I was afraid of? I was afraid they didn't put forty in there. I was going into count. I had to oh, count them out. Oh shit! So while he if set up the lights and the cameras, yeah, I was like, "Fuck! What if there aren't 40? And yeah, thank God. So I was counting out tacos and putting all the sauces out and shit while he's setting everything up. All right, there's so many things that are great. This movie's like the fucking super. It's only eight film. minutes long. It's only eight minutes. It's fall over funny. Josh did an amazing job with the video editing because you go. I see it and I go, I got to watch this. I'm like, how long is it going to, what am I going to do? One, two. It wasn't a race. It was just, no, the video keeps going. And it's so goddamn funny because at a certain point, you guys start looking to each other to be a lifeline to quit. And the other guy refuses to quit. So you have to keep going. And I said to Josh, he pulls one out and he takes the wrapper and he's putting it in front of him. And it's amazing how that process slows down a lot. But there's one point in the video where you're like, what are you at? Eight? <laughs> and it's so goddamn funny. And then you guys just keep going. Yeah. And keep going. And you're like, oh, my God. And then uh, and then the video ends. You both just. Oh, we're dying. You're dying, and yeah. then you immediately set up round two. I know, which is so, It's unbelievable. It's fucking that great. That shows you how... That's what I'm curious to know, with not only with your boys, because your boys are more competitive with each other. They oh, yeah, each other completely. With. So they don't go with you. Like, my kids always said, well, I bet I can beat Dad. Yeah. So, so I mean, being twins, it makes sense that they're competitive with each other. Yeah. But... So for him and I, we were really disappointed by who, who could win. I'm not going to give out who won, how many yeah. we ate. But there's one person that's obviously disappointed. I'll tell you that. Okay. So in a competition, that's what happens. But then yeah. when we're dying, I mean, I'm like, I got just turn the fucking camera off. 
Like, dude, I'm I'll, like, don't throw up in that goddamn yeah, garage. That's and yeah, that's that's a thing. Too goddamn I, cold to move up front. <laughs> so, in in my head, I'm just thinking, dude, just turn the camera off. I just got to go lay down, like on the yeah. floor. I don't care. I just got to uh, lay down. God. And uh, and fuck, we we finish up. And and literally, dude, I go in the house. I fucking fall asleep like within three seconds. Ugh. He did the same thing. I didn't know, but I, I was like, okay, I'll be fine. And dude, honest to God, Jeff and I just ate dinner right now. Yeah, that's the first thing I've eaten in about forty eight hours. God, I damn. mean, I had very little just to get me through. But yeah. like, I haven't eaten eat until right now. That's how fucked up <laughs> that was. It wasn't like, oh, you're gonna run to the bathroom, dude. It's it's like eating paste. All those flat flour tortillas and shit just fucking fill up your stomach and don't go it, anywhere. It's so goddamn funny. Now, like for me, I sit there, Dave, and I look at it and I go, like there could be more things like White Castle sliders. Yeah, I like guys, that idea. Um, you could also, like Chick-fil-A is not far away. No. So you could go those, like chicken strips are a lot, but if you went those. The nuggets? Yeah. You could do that one. Yeah. Eventually, I'd like you to circle back and do Jack in the Box tacos. Yeah. I'd like to see yeah. how many, but that's a little different. That's harder with it. With the who knows, the shell might be easier than the fucking flour tortillas. I don't know, but like for <laughs> the me, the grease is going through the fucking shell. But you're doing it with a diet Pepsi, yeah. And I'm I'm Just going through that carb, yeah. But. Ah, oh, fuck. I took like 10 minutes a day. I was goddamn dying. That fucking video is so funny. Here's the deal is I, I feel like I felt like a sucker because Jeff is the one that kind of pushed us in this direction. So as I'm doing this and I'm feeling fucking god awful terrible, I'm yeah. like, Jeff's eventually going to talk me into fucking like just pouring gasoline on my yeah. body and, and lighting fingers it on fire. on fire. Yeah. How, how, how long got... can I stay on fire until I say put some water on there? Well, if you're competing against your kid. And I'm like, Jeff has run us down the, it, the worst avenue of all time. It's so goddamn great. And it look, everybody needs a laugh. Yeah, you'll laugh. Oh, I loved you'll it. You'll laugh. I loved it. And, and like again, it's I only said, eight minutes long. Yeah, and the the editing makes it so fucking funny. And then he does close ups on you guys and you're like, you're just miserable. I don't even know how the fuck he did that. It was one camera. I don't know how yeah. he fucking pulled that move. I don't know, but I, I highly recommend it. Highly yeah. recommend it. <laughs> and he's like, uh, hey, you got to be it? I'm like, no, dude, that's not my game. Like, I can't, I can't do that. But I said to him, because I know people are going to bug you guys and be like, oh, I can go, Dave. Let's go. You don't need anybody else. We've got our two competitors. Yeah. Now, look, you're, you're kind of the old bull, and he's the young cat. <laughs> yeah, I knew. <laughs> you know what I, I mean? Oh, I know. It's so, like, dude, you got a lot of fucking pressure on you. Dude, it's like you you talked about it last week about playing sports, how your back, yeah. your arm, everything starts to go. Yeah. It was about a, it was about a year ago now. I Remember I played basketball yeah. with him and like eight other guys, and he's yeah. telling me I can't hold my own. And yeah, he's been yeah. able to beat me a long time ago, and I like ripped a groin muscle. But I didn't want to let the guy I was ah, guarding know ah. that I was I was all fucked up. Yeah. And he just stops the game. Stop the game. He's fucking hurt. Like, this way he says it. And <laughs> I look so at him. He's sickened by you. He is, but he also let the other guy know I was hurt. So what do you think yeah. that guy's going to do? He's going to go around me 800 times in a yeah. row. And Big I'm like, what the fuck bitch. are you let him know? Yeah. God what, damn it. What are you, what are you, what are you, <laughs> and he's so fucking pissed at me. He's so, he's so dismissive yeah. of you. Uh, like, he, I've, we all fucking, that's the thing that's shocking to me. I've busted your balls for 20 yeah. years. This whole audience has busted yeah. your balls for 20 years. 
nobody is as dismissive of you as yeah. a human being as your own flesh and blood. It's true. You can never tell him that something hurts or you got a headache or not. He has no time for. <laughs> He's the great Santini. Did you ever yeah. see that movie no. with Robert Duvall? Oh my God, Dave! You got to watch it. Robert Duvall and the guy who played um, the main caddy in Caddyshack. Yeah, that kid. And Duvall's a retired Marine father, and this kid's just kind of a, a nice kid, yeah. kind of soft. And Great Santini just tortures this kid. Like, it's uncomfortable. It's like wow. uh, the De Niro movie that he did with Leonardo DiCaprio, The Good Son, or whatever that was. And uh, when DiCaprio was really young, like 12 and same type shit, uh, dude, that's how he treats you. Yeah. He's the fucking Great Santini. Yeah. yeah. Bouncing the basketball off your head. Yeah, that's it. I'm sorry. But I like it. <laughs> the, I, I'm proud of you. It's good shit. It's really funny. Uh, God damn, I just sat there. I was like, all right, I got to see this thing, right? That's the thing, yeah. Dave. I tell you all the time, nobody gives a fuck about power rankings, but you're like, <laughs> dude, these two fucking maniacs are going to try to eat 20 soft tacos. Oh, I got fucking eight minutes for this. And it just gets funnier and funnier all the way through. Oh, my God. The one thing I have on on him is we were, we were playing basketball a few years ago over here at the, the LA Fitness. Yeah. And on the court, there was Marcus McNeil, left tackle for the Chargers. Sure. There was a, a lineman. I can't remember his name for the Raiders. Okay. And there was a pitcher for the Washington Nationals. Weird. There are three pro athletes on the floor. And okay. when you play any sport with any pro athlete, you realize oh, yeah. there's a fucking difference. Yeah. They're faster. They're stronger. Everything's better than what you possibly could imagine. Yeah. And he's standing there guarding uh, Marcus McNeil. He's on guarding the basket, and McNeil has a fast break. Remember, this is an offensive lineman. Yeah, big dude. And Josh is, is tall. Josh isn't big, but he's tall. Josh at the time, 6'5", six, 6'6". Six, six. Marcus McNeil jumped up. Fucking not only did he dunk over Josh, he like literally put his balls right on his forehead and then, wow. dunked, and then dunked it. And I was like, hey, remember that time Marcus McNeil put his balls <laughs> on your forehead? That's it. There's no comeback for no. that. No. Yeah, it's nothing. But but otherwise, I got nothing that I could say I did. I just remember yeah. him at, just like your kids will do, at I think 14 years old, my kid said, I can block your shot whenever I fucking want. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You'll never beat me again, he told me at 14. And you know yeah. what? I don't think I've ever beaten him in basketball again after he said that. They give me, my kids give me so much shit because we go out and we shoot hoops, but both ankles have been busted, foot's been broken, torn ACL, fucking everything. So everything I shoot is just set shot. Yeah. And they're like. You're Chet 40. I am, dude. I'm old school Chet 40. <laughs> but I still win yeah. sometimes, and then they win. They think it's the greatest shit ever, right? They'll yeah. remember it. My dad never oh, they, did that with me. You ever play basketball or sports with your dad? No. Yeah, me but I, I didn't know my dad till yeah. I was like 16. But, but we, I mean, the fact that you do it, they're going to remember that. Oh, yeah. All the time. There's all that because I'm, I'm obsessed with it. It's what I yeah. say to parents all the time. You and I talked about tonight at dinner. It's... uh. It's making memories, man. Yeah. It's that kind of stuff that means so much that you have to do. So going to Coronado and throwing the football, that's what I'm saying too is when they go, uh, and I think, Dave, I think we've learned it more with everything that's happened in the last two years. If they're like, hey, Dad, let's throw the football. Dude, get up and throw the football. Better, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you're in, uh, if I'm on like page two, 220 of Coyle's new book, which is insanely good, Blind Vigil, out uh, in a couple of weeks. Get it now at your local bookstore like Warwick's or, or anybody else. I go, dude, give me 
five minutes to finish this chapter. Yeah. But then you go, yeah, man, you don't want to be cats in the cradle. Yeah. You want to fucking get up and then, and they love it too because they know they just keep going 25 yards out, 30 yards out, and my arm just fucking breaks like the end of Endgame, Avengers Endgame, where it just dissolves. Just tell your kids you're you're doing your Peyton Manning impression. He never threw a pretty spiral. No, I just, uh, <laughs> and then we get in the car, and I'm like, God damn, my, ah, shit. I can't even steer. God damn, I, ah. Shit spinning in here? You get one of those old steering wheels with like the doorknob on it. What the fuck was that all about? Yeah, right. <laughs> Are you guys lightheaded? I know. It's, it's the best, man. But you're right. It's all that stuff. It's it's why we go out of town. It's for me, Dave, what's such a huge part of it all is a playlist. Playlist to me is everything. Bringing music in. From all different things. And then what I said to them the other day, which I should have done long ago, is I go, look, uh, I want you each to find two or three different songs that you really like that we don't have on this particular playlist, and uh, we'll bring them in. Yeah. I, I mean, they think. Do they do it? Do they do the homework? They haven't done it, songs? but they'll do it moving forward because I wasn't a huge fan of The weekend. Yeah. <clears throat> but my son Jack digs that too. Cool. You know. Blinding Lights yeah. or whatever yeah. it is. Fucking great song. We've heard it a million times. If you paid attention during the NFL draft, that was the NFL song. Oh, shit. Okay, yeah. yeah. I mean, I wasn't. Yeah. I didn't really pay attention to it, but... You said something very interesting to me right there that I hmm. recommend to any parent. Whatever your kids listen to, don't say it sucks. Don't, right. Don't, don't dismiss it. No. Listen to what your kids are listening to. I'm telling you, it will make for a better relationship. Um, I admit it. There are times when you think you go, okay, I got it all figured out. And then you go, fuck, I didn't have anything no. figured out. We spent three years subscribing to iTunes and downloading songs and burning CDs and doing all this shit. And then you go, oh, well, now I guess I get why everybody subscribes to Spotify for 10 bucks a fucking month where you're like, yeah, I guess this makes sense. So that's all we do. We just got the unlimited and we just drag songs in and then songs get old. We drag them out. But, I mean, Dave, we have everything on there from Sam Cooke. We have Jackie Wilson. We have the... Dude, you know what song my sons and I cannot get enough of recently? Which is so good, old school R&B. Go back and listen to Easy by the Commodores. Oh, it is great. Uh, you go, fuck, I haven't listened to this yeah. song. Then we mix in metal. Uh, Danzig's in there. But I brought San Diego's own Asphalt Ballet. You can get on Spotify. Uh, Pearl Jam's on there. George Jones, he stopped loving her today to get that kind of shit. And then, but that's it. I said, hey, you know, this is all stuff that I found. Uh, Paul Simon, Mother and Child Reunion, right? You just want him to hit a bunch of different boxes because my feeling is when they hear any of these 60s songs moving forward, I want them to flash back and go, fuck, man, that was on the list. That was on the playlist. And uh, But yeah, Dave, that's the new movie, is saying to them, hey man, find me two or three yeah. songs that you dig and let's blend them in. Smart. I think that's a, that's a smart move. I well, they're digs too, because <laughs> you and I were talking about uh, Stern. We're Stern guys. I didn't realize this goddamn interview with Eddie Vedder goes three hours. Yeah. I'm an hour and 49 minutes yeah. into it. I'm like, well, shit, this is good. It's probably getting ready to wrap up. And you told me at night, you go, dude, you got an hour to go. Yeah. 
It doesn't it, get old. It's a great interview. It's great, and I love when Vetter's talking about going to San Diego because he talks about Mr. Moreno, and anybody from San Diego right now go, huh? Because <laughs> we know what that story is, but it's not here for the podcast, but remind me, Dave, I'll tell you <laughs> off the air. And uh, like you're hearing all that shit, and it's so good, but when he's talking about Chris Cornell, when he's talking about... Uh, those kind of things. But the one thing that he did was Vetter in this interview plays a cover of Warren Zevon, Keep Me in Your Heart. Yes. And it reminded you to go back and watch on YouTube the interview that Dave Letterman did. I did. With Warren Zevon when Warren Zevon was sick. Yes. And he plays, uh, what's it? It's. Um, I'll tell you right now. It's Keep Me in Your Heart. Yeah, Keep Me in Your Heart. And then he plays another song like, but anyways, so Eddie Vedder does a cover of this song that's so nice, and he talks about how he played it for Letterman. So I put this song on, and I'm saying to my sons the other day in L.A., I go, man, listen to this song. Warren Zevon wrote this when he was sick, when he was dying, and it's his message to his family. So he put it on, and it's like, hey, when you're doing simple household chores, maybe you'll smile and keep me in your heart. Oh, Jesus. Could this be any more depressing? That's what your kid said they ruined it for you? Well, this is a really great vacation song. This is really great when we're out of town. God dang. (laughs) How long is this song? Completely ruined it. I go, you get what's going on here, you dipshit? I go, the goddamn guy's dying, and he sends a message. Hey. I got it. What are you yelling at me for? I'm just saying, I thought the purpose of this trip was to go out and have some fun and see stepbrothers. I didn't know we were going to listen to music that was going to make everybody sad. Oh my! I God. didn't know we were doing that. Maybe you give me a heads up that this song's coming on. I can, fuck, I'm just taking this song off. You can't understand it. Oh, they ruined it. Here, yeah. Here's the okay. This sounds morbid as fuck. This is this is. I know Josh is probably gonna bring this up on one of our shows because he thinks I'm. The fucking uh, song's great. Uh, I, mean, I would not, just say Dave, right? Okay. In, no, it's, ending. A, it's a great. Well, that's how I knew the words to it. I mean, that's yeah. why I knew the title as soon as he said it. So here, here's the deal. Josh was like trying to clear shit off my phone and my computer because we didn't with all the shows that you and I are doing. It's taking yeah. up a lot of space. So he was trying to help clear some stuff off, and he goes to me. Dude, do you have a death video playlist on your phone? Oh, no. And, and I said, yeah. I go, I do. And I go, I can't I, do that. Well, I know. Well, here's the deal. Okay. As we get older and your kids get older and you start thinking, well, what are you going to be remembered as? That's why I was saying the connections you're making with your kids. And when Jake passed, there was a video put together that mm-hmm. was outstanding. I didn't have anything to do with it. I, great. I, Josh and I picked the songs, but yeah. I didn't put it together. We couldn't do that. I didn't know how to do it. Josh could probably do that now. But I'm, I was thinking... One day, I'm going to be gone. Josh yeah. is going to be the one that puts my video together, Yeah, if there is one. And I go, here are the songs I want him to use. And I have it on my phone. And it's a, basically, it was a note for him. Oh, These are the songs to use. And he was like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Oh, I thought you had like YouTube videos of like faces of death no, and red asphalt, no, 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 you no, 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 bastard. Songs that basically <clears throat> explain what's it? important in my life. It's Let's my... hear these songs. No, I'm not going to play these songs. Dude. I just want to hear the list. Okay. Read me okay. three I'll songs. Re- I'll redo the list. Okay, let's do it. All right. Keep this me- is hang on before you go. Let's just don't fucking rush into shit. Remember, these are the songs 
that are expected to be played at Dave's funeral. Yes. I'm going to go, and now we're going to have a video in the background playing, right? Yes. And it's going to be narrated by... It's not going to be narrated at all. It's going to be narrated by Rod Luck. Okay, let's go. Okay. So I have, not in any particular order, I have the, I have Keep Me In Your Heart on here, and I had it on, but it's not by uh, Warren Zevon either. There's a, there's other versions of it that sound better Oh, that's better fine. So the guy who wrote it... Yeah, wasn't very good at it. For his fan, all right. Which version do you have? Probably fucking this Christina one? Aguilera. No, you asshole. Fuck off. Well, you want me to read this list and you're going to mock do want- me the entire time? <laughs> I'm dead. You asshole. I'm dead. <laughs> okay. Dead. I don't even know the group. It's trampled by turtles. You ever hear that before? No. Okay. All right. They, I'll they, check they, that they out the on best, the way home. They have the best version. All right. Okay. I have that. I have uh, the Queen. You're my best friend, and that's for obviously my friendships with that are really important to me. I okay. have. Uh, I like that. Okay, I'm not an Uncle Cracker fan, but I like the song "Smile." That has to do with coaching baseball for me. Okay, and it, we were talking okay. about good childhood memories. You're the only guy I know who has fucking written a script to your death I video. Have. Well, I have. I had that dream that I'm supposed to go like in March or April. Well, shit, we better get working. That's what I'm saying. Thing. We're running out of time. Fuck. It was vivid as hell. Said I'd, I would be. I'd be dead by March or April. God damn. All right. Um. I have uh, Blessings, which is by Florida Georgia Line. It reminds yeah. me of my wife. Well, it reminds me of my wife, all right? Can we do something better than that? Okay. We want to find another song. Reminds yeah. Me of my wife. Let's get that one out of there. All you right. want me to go uh, Crystal Gale and Eddie Rabbit, you and I? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Eddie yes. Rabbit doesn't get enough credit. You and I. Uh, yes. I'll be the only is it guy just who. just you and I? Is the song just you and I, right? I know the song okay. you mean. I'll be the only guy to truly appreciate that. Everybody else will be crying and I will laugh my fucking ass off. Make that change right now. Okay. That's beautiful. I did dance to that song and think of my wedding. Oh, my God. All right. And who, then. What? Wait, was it the. Did the DJ play it or did somebody sing karaoke? Dude, it's funny you said that. We, we should have got a DJ. We had a goddamn band. They were terrible. So some guy sucked. like the Dan band. Yeah, yeah. yeah Remember the Dan yeah. band that would sing it like we're yeah. in was, all those it was, movies. It was like Kevin from The Office. <laughs> <laughs> Remember yeah. that all he did was the police songs. Yeah, making chili. Yeah, no shit. And then uh, th- this one was in Kobe's funeral, but Memories by Maroon Five. Do you know that song? Yeah, dude. Yeah, you know what? Song. I didn't like that song, and then you found out that he wrote that for his manager who passed away. Yeah. That's all a, right. There you go. That's it. That's what Josh said to me. How fucking long do you think this video is going to be? I could yeah, play the whole song, get it going. you asshole. I could just sit there and take different pieces. No, I'm like, just don't fucking do it then. All right, who are we going to have speak was, at your funeral? Where have, said this? It's going to be you. Uh, where am I going? I'll bat third. You go where you can set it up any way you want. Okay. All right. Who's going to, who's going to, let's think about the people we have and let's give uh, time allotment for their speeches. <laughs> I mean, look, man, we're going to run a fucking tight ship here. Uh, All right. Well, I don't know. How much time do you do? It's funny. The funny thing is you always say no tribute show. So you're going to have to speak. Everyone's going to expect you to speak. If All I, right, if that's I go fine. first, people are going to expect you to speak. All right. That's fine. Um, I mean, Jesus, honest to God, I think I've spent more time talking to Jeff than my wife over the last 30 years. Yeah. I should be fucking paid for that. <laughs> you have been. Oh, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, I'm sorry. All right, let's see if we, let's see, let's go down the, you know who's coming in? I tell you exactly who's fucking batting leadoff. Al Horton. Oh, Al, yeah. You guys, Al Horton's yeah, fantastic. Yeah, you guys could turn it into a roast. I'm not going to hear it. I, I'm not a roast guy. I'd rather you no. not, but I'm not a roast guy. I'm not going to complain. Al Horton will bat leadoff. Yeah. Uh, My wife will never talk, would never do it. 
She would never say anything. Um, As I said one time, and I regret this, and I apologize for this, I said she'd be too busy dancing. Oh, you son of a bitch. I just said I apologize. Don't be such a fucking bitch. Uh, Batten second. (laughs) Don't be a bitch. I'm dead. Batten second. What was the dwarf's name on Stern? uh, Hank. Hank. Hey, remember you recorded all the things? Hey, it's Hank. I'm dead. (laughs) Yeah. You know who I think would be nice second? Go ahead. Batting second, somebody that knows this show better than anybody, and I think it'd be beautiful, would be Vera. <laughs> Dude, Vera outlives me. What the fuck? What the fuck? Right? right? I kind of I kind of like Vera going second. Go I'll ahead. go third. Yeah, I'll let Vera go. Yeah. I'll go third. Uh, we're going to break up. Josh is going to go fifth, and okay. now we need just one person to go fourth. But now... So we're down to we're kind of down to two guys that I'm thinking of. Okay. Okay. Because again, Dave, we don't want to just bring Johnny's in off the street because they don't know how to get in front of the mic and they're just are gonna ramble on. Dave was uh, Coach Dave was so great. I just remember this one game we were playing Helix, and I'm just gonna be like, boring. Let's go. <laughs> well, I just. And it was so great, and I had my, I'm wearing my team jacket up here today. If you guys can see, I got a patch from the Yuma yeah. tournament. Fuck! <laughs> can we see the memories video again? Uh, um, we're down to we're down to Costa and Woods. Oh yeah. But we have issues with both of these guys, and I think you'll understand it. So right now it goes Horton, Vera, me. Josh is going to be fifth. Okay. Costa would be great because you guys share a birthday. Yeah. You couldn't be close to friends. But, Mike, we saw what happened with Mary Tillman, Dave. That's true. He, won't he fucking locked up. Yeah. When we needed him to be fucking solid, yeah. he locked up. Now, he locked up thinking about Pat Tillman. Yep. Toph was a young guy at that point. Yep. So there could be some things. He may look at you being gone and just be like, fuck, here we go, right? <laughs> But there are concerns that he could fucking, he could lock it up, and that really fucks shit up. Before yeah. he's not, a, he's not a good warm-up band for Josh, right? He's not poison. He's more like fucking rat. You're like, dude, come on. And then you got that other fucking dummy Woods. <laughs> and we're gonna have to sit there, yeah. and we're gonna have to sort through the minutia. And think of, is this a tribute to Dave or is this a tribute to Steve? And that's, we shouldn't have those kind of questions at your memorial. So, do we let, we don't let them go together. They're competing shows, for Christ's sake. What what the fuck are we doing here? (laughs) Do you think there'll still be competing shows by the time I drop Oh, fuck no. Shows in San Diego don't compete with fucking shows in Barstow. Maybe you should get Coach. He'll just drop ball game hey. eight million times. <laughs> I'll tell you what guy who fucking do it. I'll get right up there, David. Oh, look who's joining the family. Goddamn David. Coming down to hell with me. Big John Butler's the name. Brandon Chicks is the game. Right, Eddie? Yay. Fuck yeah. Dude, hold on. I got to tell you a story. 
about four days ago, I ordered, I went to uh, the market, I got soup, I got clam chowder. Oh, that's good shit. Yeah, dude, I literally- You got that little baby crackers? Dude, I, I choked on fucking baby crackers. I was dying. Josh was like, what You're happened to you? Bitch. Can I you go, imagine if you died? I know. I almost that. did. You died. I was like, dude, I'm, like, I thought I needed the Heimlich for the fucking baby crackers. <laughs> it should have been you. I haven't said one fucking baby cracker joke, and I got a, stuck, a baby cracker stuck in my throat. <laughs> I swear to God, I don't know why they're I like forgot. Oyster yeah, they're oyster crackers. But I completely, I when we were fucking around that night, I locked up. I couldn't dude, you should have seen me. Tears are coming down my face. I'm crying. I'm like walking around the kitchen. Josh is like, what happened? Baby crackers. He's like, what? I, I fucking, yeah. Yeah. I didn't know what else to call him, but the goddamn baby crackers. I'm not a guy who says oyster crackers, Dave. I like them goddamn little baby crackers. Eddie. Eddie. <laughs> All right, we'll you know have to take it up. Oh, my God, dude. That's crazy. Oh, dude, I got it. Yeah. Fuck. I wouldn't have thought of this. Vera's out. Vera's out. Vera's out. You know who's in second? Fucking Lisa Ann. You know who's in fourth? Impressive. Nicole Eggert. Now we got a fucking lineup, kid. Now we got a fucking lineup. There you go. How you like them apples? Dude, my friend asked me the other day, said, uh, are you doing anything for your birthday? And I said, I don't have anything planned. I go. It's COVID, I, man. I go, that's what I said. I, was, I wanted to be in New York on my birthday, but I said, yeah. I, go, I don't have anything planned. And then, uh, and then she said, is there anyone that you would spend your birthday with? I go, one day before I die, Nicole Eggert, I hope, shows up to my birthday. Go, Wouldn't that be great? I go, Jeff and I have been saying it for years. I go, She'll bring she a pinata. <laughs> She'll bring a pinata. Probably knowing her. How many times did we talk about Nicole Eggert on my birthday shows? Every All the year. Time. Crazy as hell. That she, made me she's laugh. fucking like, great. It, it, She'll it, it, probably it, show up. We'll try to do that for... Uh... Let me ask you a question. I mean, I know it sounds uh, depressing as shit, but... Mm-hmm. When you're when you're getting, cl- I've never been a birthday guy, and mm-hmm. I'll be honest with you. Since Facebook and even doing this show has gotten me through a lot of birthdays, like I sure. hate, I hated birthdays. They kind of depressed the shit out of me. Mm-hmm. But I, am I the only guy that when the birthday is coming up, you start sitting there trying to look back at your life and like, am I where I'm supposed to be? Like you know, as far yeah. as this many years in, am I happy with the relationship with my kids? Am I happy with the relationship with my work? Am I happy? You know, yeah. have I done what I wanted to do, or am I behind where I should be? I think. Uh... I think for anybody who's lucky enough to be a parent, uh, and it was funny, man. I I thought what circling back to what we were talking about the Eddie Vedder interview with Stern, when he was talking about Chris Cornell's suicide, so much of that registered, right? Yeah. Because suicides impacted a lot of people, yeah. and it's impacted me recently. And to hear uh, what he said about his friend when he said. Uh, you know, when you become a parent, that option kind of goes out the door. Yeah. And it's exactly how I feel. I think you do too. And a lot of us probably do. For me, Dave, you know what, man? I it's I used to play that game a lot. I used to play that game to think about, you know, okay, where am I? You know, this house or that. Somebody's got that car. They're living that kind of life. And then you just go, yeah, you could probably do that, but... I don't know, man. I'm trying to think of how old they were. They they're 13 now, so I would say they were probably three to four. And you go, but if I'm living that life, then this life with these two dudes is out the door. Yeah. And would I make that sacrifice? And you go, no. And uh, so that's when that's how I that's how I'm at peace with every bit yeah. of it because 
I just look at, I go, dude, like Jake should be here because Jake on these fucking videos would be so great. But I like to believe Jake's looking down and, and watching over us and kind of keeping us on the right path. But what you guys are doing right now, I should tell you, this is the best, this is the greatest time of my life. What I'm able to do with my son, like you said, making memories. It shouldn't be about job. It shouldn't be about anything else. You should go, man. What I'm able to do with my son that is making other people laugh and give them pleasure uh, in a really, really hard time in the world, you go, fuck, this is great. Like, it, it's what I always say. My ex, when we would have kids' birthday parties, we'd invite 35 people. If 30 were there, she'd be like, you know, they, they committed. What's going on? And I'm like, don't worry about who didn't make it. Celebrate yeah. the people who are there. It's the same thing, Dave. I would say celebrate all the cool shit going on in your life because when you start checking those boxes, and I would say it for anybody, dude, when you start checking the boxes and you look at some of the things that you have going, even in 2020, you go, fuck, man, okay, I could get through this shit. Yeah, no, there's nothing that is as you get older, you start thinking, at least for me, everywhere where I'm at, it was never, I was never a, a money guy as my no. wife would say that's yeah. that's a shame my wife would probably yeah. say but i was never i was never a money guy i wasn't yeah. the houses the cars all that shit right. wasn't what i judged myself on or what i needed but even the older i get the less important any of that stuff is to yeah either. it's my relationships or everything yeah that's the thing uh look that's at, why i coach honestly yeah. it's, it's it's hopefully to make a difference you know but it's otherwise yeah it's it's one of those things as i continue to get older and and as my father-in-law used to say all the time who passed in 2007 i've never seen a hearse with a u-haul of money behind it yeah you know yeah um john morosi we're in the poppy tonight you got it cool. working good it's cool um funny you mentioned that about the money because i saw something um our friend jerry made me aware that john soderman had has been blown out at kusi that's a shame i don't know what the fuck is going on at kusi they blew out steve uh, bosch too and Sasha Fu retired. Now, I don't know how long Sasha had been there. A long time. Yeah, over 20 years. Yeah. Soderman wrote today on Facebook that I think when you look at he and Bosch combined, it's probably close, it's well over 50 years combined there at KUSI. And I've never met John. And I, I, he, I used to know him very well. Every, yeah. I'd see him every Friday at a football game. and he Because he was been, part of the pep. Uh, Pre yeah, Pre skin report and he was at east like a ton he treated my older son josh great him and i even when josh stopped playing we would have conversations almost every friday night he was a very very nice guy he said he wrote this thing today on facebook and he said after gosh 26 28 years at kusi they basically brought him in and said well john times are tough you're out and he wrote that he has an 11-year-old son, and in the current situation in the world, yeah, he's scared, man, financially and, yeah. and what his future holds. And so I just reached out to him. I reached out, and I sent him a message, and I said, hey, man, never met you. Both worked in media, but I said I always had an appreciation because, look, KOSI is a fucking clown show. Let's call it what it is. And, uh, I mean, there was a time when Stan and Laura and CS were doing it, dude, they were killing it locally. Yeah. He wrote a thing that said when he would go out to cover rallies for Elizabeth Warren or Bernie Sanders, he was instructed, do not interview any of their supporters. Yeah. It's not me saying that. It's what John yeah. wrote today. 
And so I just wrote him a message. I said, hey, man, it, it, it felt like when I would tune in and you would see him there, whether he was there, like you mentioned, Dave, during high school or if he was at, he always seemed to be on the big news stories. And yep. I said, it felt like you brought a sense of credibility and professionalism to a station that desperately needed it. And he wrote a nice message, and, and we were talking about this show, and he was so nice. He goes, I know Dave's story uh, with his son. And, and uh, yeah, man, it's just like, dude, you look at what goes on in the world. Fuck, dude, you give 26, 28 years, however long John had been there at KUSI. And he said, he goes, dude, I just broke down crying. He goes, I had to go out and clean out my desk in the middle of the newsroom at 3 o'clock in the afternoon when everybody – is on deadline because we've got a newscast coming up and they're all doing what I did for so many different times and I'm sitting there fucking putting all my shit in a box yeah. to leave. I just thought, well, fuck that place, man. I what a shitty way to treat people. That yeah. is. It's it's extremely disappointing. Yeah. Uh, again, he's, he's a good dude. There are a lot of good guys out there. You mentioned on the last show, a lot of people are going through bad times, especially yeah. with, with COVID. ESPN had a shitload of layoffs. God damn, right? Um, yeah, just, just a ton. Um, Soderman, are they blowing out Lebertard? No. It, it, so Lebertard's that's funny. This is one of the questions I have for you. I'll, get, I'll, I'll change it around. But Lebertard, who does two shows for ESPN, a TV show, and he does yeah. a radio show that's also on TV. Well, they fired one of his producers Yeah. without telling him they were firing him. Damn, dude. So what Lebertard did was he said, you know, on air, this is the biggest form of disrespect you could have shown me. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm busting my ass working double duty for you guys. I don't need to do both shows. Yeah. And he could still be a columnist if he wanted to right. get his job right back. He's one of the most famous guys in Miami. Yeah. And he, um, he, he was upset with ESPN for not telling him, we're blowing out one of your main guys. Yeah. And so Lebertard hired him back. He's paying his entire salary and gave him a raise. He wow. goes, he goes, I'm going to uh, bring him back. He's going to continue to work for the show, and I'm going to give him a raise also. That's a, that's a great thing. How do you sell that to your wife? Well, the thing is, I think Lebertard, and he just got married. Lebertard recently got Hey, married. baby. Hey, hey, yeah. Remember we were going to get yeah. that new fucking Airstream? Yeah, I think Lebertard when, makes about $5 million a year. I don't know if losing. Is that right? Yeah, I don't think losing sixty to 1000 or $100,000 is going to kill him. But yeah. at the same time, he comes off as a great guy. You know, to to pull that move Ooh. and 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 again help the guy out, but it, it it's sad. Not there weren't a, there were a bunch of guys at ESPN didn't have someone that stepped in and said, "Yeah, hey, I got you." But if, you think Woods will do the same for Hammer? Dude, he didn't do it for Hammer. That was going to be one of my points. Where the fuck was he for Hammer? Fuck, we'll bring Hammer in. We'll treat him right. All I know is Woods got a really nice house and a really nice car recently, and Hammer's still unemployed. Fuck. I saw I saw him two weeks ago at the Free Cheese Line. You get you hear that Woods? Fuck. Poor Hammer can't even grill that cheese. Shimony Cricket. Son of a bitch. Son of a Forget bitch. Forget about yourself. Your I, boy Hammer, you tell everyone how much you love all the time. Yeah. It's a hot plate plugged into the goddamn cigarette lighter yeah. making ravioli. Guy's fucking taking grass and putting it between two the end pieces of bread. And he's telling himself in his mind he's having fucking a, a Philly cheesesteak. Yeah. Oh, my God. He can't even afford to have a call it a Jake's cheesesteak. That's how sad this has become. But oh goddamn, everybody gets a new baseball if you come out and play Sunday. <laughs> Hammer can't even buy a toothbrush. Do, do you think Paul's rat fucking woods while he's making his deliveries, working two jobs? Uh, if he's not, he will be tomorrow. God damn. That fucking Woods should do a show with a mask on. He's stealing money. <laughs> A fucking guy. 
just uh, how do you sit down with Taylor and Bo and look these two amazing young men? I mean, that's the thing. Cost at least can look to Tove, and and he doesn't have to have shaky hands. He can just have a conversation with his lad. But this fucking guy. I'm telling you, Paul. I'll tell you right now. I know you listen, listen to, to the Paul. Show. It's audience of one. Listen, Paul. For Christmas, I'll even pay for it. We're going to get Woods a t-shirt that says, I'm that fucking guy. <laughs> Got it? Woods is like, dude, please. <laughs> I'll take it in red. I'll take it in canary yellow. <laughs> dude, I couldn't even get through that. Think of that laughing my ass off. Jesus. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing about that guy. Nothing phases him. No. He'd wear that fucking shirt all the time. think <laughs> <laughs> we're sending him a message. Okay, I can... Fuck, can I tell this story? Go ahead. I gotta think about telling this story. All right, I have to tell this in the most generic terms possible. So we had a friend who years ago appeared in Playboy, Right? Appeared in Playboy, and they they were only topless, but you could kind of see everything through the bottoms that okay. this individual was wearing. So the story got out, and people found out that earlier in their life they had posed for Playboy. So somebody in local media, being a smartass, sends a weed whacker. To this person. Well, it ends up in the hands of her husband. Oh, shit. And so uh, she's really upset and frustrated. And the husband, the story goes, fires the thing up and goes, fuck, these are like 400 bucks. (laughs) Wee wee. She's like, what? Fuck. This is great. I get edge with this. It's like uh, it's like stepbrothers when they build the bunk oh, beds, yeah. right? Like, look at all the room. Look at all the things we could do with this thing. And I've been told that people there found it incredibly funny. <laughs> but I can't, I don't have that confirmed. <laughs> but yeah, that would be Woods. We think we're sending him a message, and he'd be like, "This is fucking great." That's the best shirt ever. <laughs> I'm wearing this everywhere. Going to wear it down to Seaside Market. I'm going to wear it to Kai's because I'm a new North County guy. Wear it to lose records and hope somebody knows it's me. Yeah, fucking guy. Nothing phases him, Dave. Teflon. All right. You brought up an interesting question. A buddy of mine. Mm-hmm. Told me a story the other day how one of his closest friends, there's a falling out, not between him and him and his friend, mm-hmm. but his friend has decided he doesn't like my buddy's wife. Oh, boy. After years. Okay. How and, long have they known each other? Um, at least 10 years. Like, like, like best of friends. But And how long has the one guy been married? Um, they've been married before that. Wow. Okay. So let me wow. ask you, if somebody straight out told you why you're married, yeah, I don't like your wife and I won't go anywhere where she's at, <laughs> would you end the friendship? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'd just be like, well, fuck, I, I'm married to her. Yeah, right? I got kids with her. Yeah. 
Like, uh, you got it right. You got to yeah. say, fuck, if you aren't going to respect my wife and basically straight out of yeah. said, you can't stand her. We kind of got in wow. the friendship. Wow. Yeah. I'm, I'm just trying to think. He Dave. hasn't, by the way, the guy hasn't. I just was curious to know. I, I was thinking I'd have to end that friendship. I think most guys would feel the same way. Yeah. It's funny, man. It's like, I'm trying to think about even my buddies that got divorced. Like, like that's the hard thing, right? Like you get divorced, but you still kind of know the wife and everything's cool. Yeah. Like, it's funny. I talked to my ex today for a half hour about a bunch of shit because, uh, she had the day off and my my kids had the day off. I didn't even realize this until she told me. Like, so many different things have happened. But she was saying at Vons, you can't walk through Vons with like a Starbucks drink. Oh, really? Because everybody's got to have a mask on. Oh. And you go, oh, okay. So she said, yeah, we had gone to Starbucks. My son Cade has a drink. And she has to run into Sprouts. So she runs into Sprouts and she said, hey, when I'm going to leave the car on so you can listen to music. And, uh, you know, when it's done, just fucking pull the key out and lock the car and come on in. So he finishes the drink and he doesn't realize that the key, you know, you got to push the key in and bring it back towards you he doesn't know this, so he's yeah. wiggling and and messing and jamming. Snap! Fucking key breaks. Holy shit! So, holy he, shit! He's really upset. She's really upset. They call Honda. Honda's like, "Well, we can't get you in until Monday, uh, but it's three hundred bucks to get a new key." Um, I'm just going to, I'm going to hype this guy because he's like a brother to me. He's not a sponsor of the show. He never asked for anything. My buddy, Junior Nager, runs uh, AA Auto Repair. It's literally at the corner of 70th and Uni. It's right there. He's been a buddy of mine for 15 years. And I told my ex tonight, I go, you know, your fucking friends need to start paying off because Junior's been a legend for us. Uh, Junior gets a guy who comes out to her house and fucking fixes it, does the whole thing, and and you're off and running. But it's just, Dave, like, that's the thing. Where she and I are talking about that today, and she's saying, God, he's upset. I was upset, but Junior saved the day, the whole thing. And you go, yeah, I mean, I have a great relationship, but, like, we talk all the time. Tomorrow night we're going over, uh, barbecuing. Burgers, thanks to our man Brian at Hot Sauces and more. We're going to barbecue fucking burgers. Watch Casablanca because my kids have it for a film study class. But, um, but yeah, if it was somebody where you go, like, ah, oh, it's really bad and I can't talk to her or talk to you, you'd be like, right, well, fuck, then I guess you got to go. But I don't think, like, my deal with her was always her friends are attorneys. And attorneys get together and all they want to do are talk about motions and dismissals and, and who gives a fuck, right? Why they're together? Oh, it's just all attorney talk, right? <sighs> but she was like, look, radio guys get together. It's all the same radio shit. We just rat fuck everybody. Yeah. And so she was great because she would go to attorney parties 
and not have to worry if I was bored. We would go to radio functions. I didn't have to worry if she was bored. And so rarely, like, like she loves Rita. So if Rita was there and she had somebody to talk to, it was great. But otherwise, we were like, we fucking really never had a cross-pollinate. We're just like, yeah, do your thing. Here's what's strange about her job and your job, okay? Mm -hmm. There are three jobs I can think of off the top of my head. And tell me if I'm crazy. But if you're a doctor, mm -hmm. if you're an attorney, if you're a talk show host, people go to you for your expert opinion. On everything, even though it's not her. It makes her nuts because... What I'm, my point is, though, when someone asks your opinion, that's the final word. Oh, yeah. So you had two people in the same house where that should be the final word. You and we had two kids. How yeah. do you think that worked out? <laughs> well, you're sitting here now talking about the word divorce. But yeah. But my, my point is, it is very strange. Those are the three things. If you go to the doctor, you're going for his opinion to give right. you the right answer. If right. you called our show, you're calling right. to get our opinion for the right answer. Yeah. And if you go to her, you're going to her for her expert opinion for the right answer. Yeah, There's all no the time. no conversation. It's just, what do I do? Yeah, whether, but that's how it works with her on any topic. I'm always like, fuck, you're not in court. Calm down. But I do it in front of our kids. They always laugh. They laugh every time. Yeah, I mean, dude, I'm lucky, man. I, I always say, listen, Dave, If I, she knows it. I mean, we're different today. But if if I was able to find the clarity in my fucking head five years ago that I have today, we'd be we'd still be together. So we have a great relationship. Like I said, we're fucking grilling and watching movies. And I mean, how many people do you know that have been divorced for two years that still file like your taxes together because the final financials haven't been done? Who go? Uh, we still have. Schwab accounts together, investment accounts. And I, so we're talking today. I go, hey, I got a question. I go, do we have Pfizer in any of those? She goes, God damn, I was going to ask you the same thing. She goes, I don't think we do. But she goes, fuck, I, I never look at it. We just haven't. We're doing good in these. Yeah. So I said, well, shit, we probably at some point should look in there and go, because we would both get an email if either one of us tried to drain them. Um, so go, yeah, I mean, I'm, Fuck, we have a we have a great relationship, but um, so that's what I say. Like, if I'm if I can say shit like, "Hey, you're not in court. Calm down." Uh, it's just goofing around. There's there's nothing vile about it. Um, but yeah, I, I just I think there are married actual married couples that have a worse relationship oh, than sure. I than I have with my ex wife. I'm sure about that. Yeah. By the way, do you know who wrote Casablanca? Uh Theo's grandfather. Yeah, Julius. How about was that? that his first name? Yeah. Hey, how about Theo being talked about as maybe part of the eventual team with the Mets? That's interesting. That that'd be interesting. Can you imagine that if you jumped around from the Red Sox to the Cubs to the Mets? Well, the Cubs right now are not in a good situation. No. And how about this? I mean, Billy Bean going to Boston to work for uh, John Henry and getting out of baseball altogether which is pretty wild as they work on, what does he own, Manchester or Liverpool? He owns one of the yeah. English Premier League teams. And they're saying that Theo has one year left on his deal with the Cubs, and the feeling is that when that's up, he's getting out of baseball. Wow. Theo, to me, should be a guy. He could be later, commissioner. That's what I was about to say. He should be commissioner. Fucking yeah. Manfred can't figure anything out. He, this was so getting ridiculous to me that Cora and Hinch are back in baseball after 60 days. Uh, sorry, dude. Uh, uh, Justin Turner not getting any kind of yeah, punishment and, and bringing that story out on Friday night 
And dropping it at 4 o'clock is kind of fucked up, too. Yeah. And not just because he's a Dodger. He's no, a likable right. guy. I'm, I'm with you. But I, I don't disagree with that at all. Over I thought two, Justin Turner would be suspended 30 days, I thought. Yeah, over 200,000 people dead, and, and, and fucking Manfred just dismisses it. It's kind of screwed up. One it quick is. thing baseball-wise. I read the post all the time. Now, it, it's pretty funny, right? It still yeah. has the tabloid thing. But, man, it has been wild the last couple of days talking about Steve Cohen and the Mets. And the only reason why that matters to me is because if you're a lifetime Mets fan and you look at what the Wilpons did, boy, they were really like almost Spanos family bad as ownership goes. And now they have a guy where where Cohen, Sandy Alderson had a press conference the other day and said all the things that as a Mets fan you want to hear, that they're going to be active in, in free agency, they're going to spend money to build up the farm system, and what they had always said in the past was that they wanted to be playing meaningful games in September. Steve Cohen came right out and said, if we don't win a World Series within three years, it's going to be an extreme disappointment. And he said, I'm going to open the checkbook and I'm going to say, stay out of baseball decisions. I'm not George Steinbrenner, yeah. right? So you look at that and you go, wow, okay, that's really good for baseball. I think you want big market teams to be in there and competing and everybody's doing it. But it made me think, Dave, about the local ownership group. And because the common thread in all the stories about the Mets is we finally have the ownership group we've been waiting for. Do you feel like in San Diego we finally have the ownership group we've been waiting for? Because you can look at what Moores and Lucchino did, and great, but then John pushed Larry out because he was told to, and he listened to the wrong people. Yep. And then John went through a very bad divorce, and then John gutted it and cashed out. Yep. And left all of us kind of like, see ya. Yeah, fuck you guys. Yeah, fuck you. We were sitting on the curb like the kids, and John drove off in the Lamborghini. Yeah. Brings us a Nerf ball once a year. Thinks he's a great dad. But I look at what you have now with Pete Seidler and Ron Fowler, Gruppner, Preller. Yeah. And you go, fuck, man. In a lot of ways, while he's not going to be a billionaire, I mean, Steve Cohen's the richest owner in baseball at $14 billion. But you look at it, Dave, they put the money into free agency. They put the money into the farm system. They've made trades. Uh, I mean, Fowler a little bit is kind of mouthed off, but I don't think they really interfere in baseball decisions. No, they haven't. Do we finally have – do we have – what what the Mets are talking about? Do you think we have the ownership group this team's been waiting for? My my feeling is I always used to compare the Padres to the Braves because the Braves did the same thing the Padres did, but they mm. got to where we wanted the Padres to get much faster. Yeah. I thought they were very very patient with AJ. I didn't like the whole thing with the Marlins thing was embarrassing. Sure, I got for the organization. There, to me, everything is perfect with the Padres right now outside of one thing, and it's major. Mm. They don't develop their own players. There's a major problem not developing Yeah, what their is own. up? I mean, it's uh, people always want to take – don't compare yourself to the Dodgers. You're never going to be the Dodgers. Not in True. success. You're never going to be the Dodgers as far as w- the way the Dodgers do things. The Dodgers have a checkbook in case there's a major mistake to go out and get a guy like Mookie to say, fuck, we can't get over that last step. We're going yeah. to we're gonna have to pay for that last piece. The Dodgers can, can do that. But the Dodgers do have more homegrown talent 
than any team in baseball, which means their minor league system is correct in developing players. Where the Padres, you have nine guys, and not 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 one of those nine guys is came from your farm system. And you can say whatever yeah. you want about Tatis. He started with the White Sox. I'm talking yeah. drafting, developing, yeah. starting at the major league level. Not one of your nine starters. So there, there's a major problem somewhere. And you have to, to me, you have to address that because down the line, you can't keep paying for your mistakes, especially when you're small market. Now, do I like Ron and Seidler and Grepner's my favorite guy in the organization? Yeah, mm-hmm. I like those guys a lot. I think the Padres are, are in the best shape they've been in fucking over like 25 years. But it took them a long time to get here, and I thought we'd be here three years ago. I think, Dave, if I was going to play uh, devil's advocate, I think they would say we're not worried about the everyday eight because we feel like we can find those guys. We can find the everyday eight. What we are going to find, though, Dave, is we're going to develop the arms. Now, the Dodger thing is funny because I follow the Twins. The Twins also do a great job. I love the way the Twins run it. But nobody has consistently had the success that the Dodgers have had from drafting, developing, and promoting players. And if you want to give the Dodgers due credit, you have to say they have done that going back to, right, Branch Rickey, Campanis, Fred Clare. Yeah, yeah, Fred Clare, fucking Ned Coletti, Andrew Friedman, like ownership groups, right, from the O'Malley's to Frank McCourt to where they are in Guggenheim. Like, it's pretty wild how consistent they have been in being able to do it. No, it's pretty good. I don't know, though, man. I, Dave, I think ultimately they would look and say, yeah, we've had to make trades. We've had to go get certain guys. But at the end, Dave, you know what? If we're able to win, the ring's going to feel the same. The yeah. trophy's going to feel the same. Whether Jake Cronenworth was oh, drafted. I'm with you, 100%. Yeah. But you want it to be everlasting is what you want. Yeah. I mean, you want you want every layer to the onion. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, the Dodgers are the easy one. But I would look at the Padres and go, fuck, man. Then explain what's going on with the Angels. Yeah. they. Well, and here's what happened with the Angels. When C.J. Wilson didn't pan out, Artie got yeah. scared. So I'm not so, buying any more pitchers. Yeah. and But, then, but Artie interferes in baseball. Yeah, big time. And you can say... Yeah, they got Mike Trout. Yeah. Now, that's probably Eddie Bain, and they determined that they didn't need Eddie Bain there running the draft anymore. Yep. But, I mean, a lot of – I mean, how many are there every day, eight, where you go impact guys yeah. are there? And it hasn't, hasn't worked out, and they spent a ton of money. Uh, real quick before we move on to other things, we always talk about free agency. This is a fun time of year. Um, I, you look around, and everybody has different opinions. John Heyman's mm-hmm. a guy that we kind of like, right? Sure. One of those guys we like. So – Here's three guys that where he says that where he thinks they're going to end up. All right. Okay. He has George Springer going to the Red Sox. Oh, I yeah. heard the Mets Me are going too. after him big. All Me right. too. JT Riamuto to the Mets, which Philly fans are freaking out. I hear that's like the number one topic in Philadelphia sports okay. radio. JT Riamuto where? To the Mets. Okay. Yep. I hear that too. Okay. And he has Bauer going to the Giants. Really? Which surprised me because I thought Bauer would be. On a one-year deal? Four years is what everyone's saying. Four years, how much? Four. It, it comes out to like thirty-two million dollars a year. God damn. So and, and he, so I'm thinking Bauer could be a Met, right? He could yeah. be. I mean, he really is the right move for the Angels. Yeah. And he'd be the right move for the Pods if they're going to spin it. But then you heard Ron Fowler saying we're really focused on trying to get Tatis to sign that big deal. Yeah, I mean, I and I say this 
respectfully. I don't yeah. say this being snarky. I don't take Ron for his word for anything because I think Ron's playing a little bit of poker. And that's fine. Like I said. Yeah, he doesn't have to tell everybody. No, on the radio no, what no. That's doing. what I mean. I, don't, I just don't think Ron's flipping all the cards over. And if he's keeping the cards close to his vest, good on him for doing that. I don't have any problem with those guys. For me, I look at Bauer and you go, Dave, man, that's a lot of dough to invest in. And wins a Cy Young tonight. You know, fantastic. But um I don't think I'm I don't think for this team I'm committing that money. And if I'm the Giants, gosh, they're I mean, you're still on the hook with Johnny Cueto. You just got off the hook for Jeff Samarja. You've had this situation in the past where you've went out and spent money. I get it. Uh, those guys who are not award winners like Bauer is, but fuck, haven't the Giants learned their lesson from putting those big contracts yeah. out on arms? And the thing is, the Giants have a, a new general manager. He's only going to a second year. So even for him, he's thinking, well, that was your money. That was but, your bad but, decisions. Uh, but uh, the guy from the Dodgers, I'm mind blanking. Friedman? No, not Friedman. Yeah, the, the guy that left for the, for, for, uh, for the Giants. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, Farhi yeah. Zahari? Something. It's close like that. Um, he's the guy running yes. everything. Like the GM's not making any decisions. He's the guy responsible for rebuilding the farm yep. system and, and doing the whole deal. But, I mean, Giants ownership group still the same. I, I mean, look, you go get – If mean, you're Bauer, don't you want to win? Yeah, but I'm going to an organization. Here's how the Giants sell you. The Giants say we won three world championships in what, five years, six years? I mean, yeah. I think it's technically 10, 12, five. And 14, yeah. yeah. Shit, yeah. So in five years, we won three world championships. We have a fan base that demands us to be back in it. Uh, to be honest, Trevor, our fans have the same expectations that the Yankees fans have, the Red Sox fans, the Dodger fans, and anybody else has. And you know what? We don't blame them for that. So if we're going to get back into contention and put that fourth flag up on the wall. We need you here. So let's get a deal and let's get it figured out. I mean, you got pretty good baseball minds there. I, I don't know where people come in on Gabe Kapler. It's up for debate. But I think from the ownership group, you can sell them on the fact that this isn't an organization that won three championships in five years and we haven't won one in seven and we need you to help us get back there. Yeah, one of the things going around Rosenthal to the Angels, Yates will come back to the pods for five million. Fuck, I don't even think, and and nothing against Kirby Yates, I don't even know that there's a market for him at five. That's something else, isn't it? I mean, the well, guy was the top reliever in baseball a year ago. Understood, but he's coming off of elbow surgery, and again, it's bone mid-30s. chips, mid thirties, and uh, and it's a different look for baseball with COVID nineteen, where you can't let people in. How much is Rosendahl going to get? He's seven million. Two years, uh, fourteen million. See, I make that deal down here. I really do. I make that deal down here. I just think that's the safer play. Seven million for a guy who is absolutely nails at the end. When you have become a team that is built upon the bullpen, and you go, well, I don't know what you have in Pagan. Strom had surgery, right? Stamen. But now you go, but fuck, man. At the back end where you go Pomeranz in the eighth, and then you have uh, Rosenthal in the ninth, you go, yeah. I I think I have a hard time selling this fan base on bringing Yates back. I really do. I think you go, Kirby, man, you had a great, and and 
you had a great run, and we wish you nothing but the best. If you can get Rosenthal for two at seven and maybe a, a team two option. Two at 14. Or, I mean, two at 14, maybe a team option for the third year. Fuck, dude. I, that, I the reliever thing is always funny to me. Those guys never get the money that you think they would get. But he's good. Pomeranz is making like eight. Yeah. You got to give him fucking. Didn't Pomeranz like, get I think four at Liam 32? Hendricks is going to be the top reliever in the sure. free market. He's looking at only $12 million a year. But yet, no team wants to lose a game in the ninth inning. No. Um, do you let them both go and let Pomeranz be your guy in the ninth? I think he could do it. I, I think he could. I don't I don't know. But he's not. And I thought they were setting it up for a wingeter to be that guy down the line. I got it. But he's coming off Tommy John surgery. So maybe he's your guy in 22. But I look at it and I go, I like Pomeranz. But the thing I like about Rosenthal is, man, he was consistently 98-99. When he was there. But Stop doesn't it seem like everybody kind of does that now? I got it, but Pomeranz isn't. No. He's not thrown there. No, but he's getting out. Like I, I'm watching Pomeranz work for the pods in his last few years. He was he was outstanding. That was a yeah. great pickup. But who was the guy? Um, Scott, setup guy for Trevor. Remember they had that dude that, that set up? Line break? Yes. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. And you looked at line break, you go, fuck, man, he is just perfect in that role. They had a couple guys. Maselli. Maselli, the shooter, Ron Beck. A few of those guys that came in. But Rod had closed and had to when Trevor yeah, got, got hurt. But um, but maybe Pomeranz is best suited for being that eighth inning guy. Could be. I mean, I think they thought. You know what Pomeranz reminds oh, go me ahead. of? The, the school of baseball how they said it changed was you bring your, and the Rays did this a lot. You bring your best reliever in when the game is at its most important point. Mm -hmm. So not like Trevor only pitched the ninth. Yeah. So let's say fucking the game is coming down to the seventh inning where the other teams has the tying run on second base with one out yeah. or no outs. Fuck, we better bring our best reliever in now. To like Joe Madden did with Chapman in the yeah. fifth fucking inning of the World Series yeah. and just left him out there for 111 yeah. pitches. Yeah, and then let the Yankees take him back. <laughs> never baggage shit now yeah um i i mean if that if that's it i i just and stop pitching these fuckers in non-save situations that's, that's the it. thing it's, it, it's so funny how the game is is different certain guys can do it and most guys who are closers only can't well that's, that's the one thing that what's I, i'm trying to blank on the guy who's the guy that wrote that boring ass book who works for the Red Sox? Oh, uh, Bill James. Bill James. That ass. That's the one thing Bill James couldn't figure out in his math was that certain guys had the mentality to close and certain guys couldn't. I I don't like it because it's a big part of the mental game. And if you come in in a four four game or a game when you're down five four, and all of a sudden the five four game becomes eight four or the four four game becomes six four, in my opinion, you're fucking with the mental makeup of your closer. And now you're going to ask him to come back tomorrow night against the same team that kicked him in his fucking nuts. But now the score is 4-3 and there's a, a guy on first or 4-3. Or and even if he starts the ninth, you got to be thinking, fuck, this guy beat the shit out of me yeah. last night. Just fucking leave that guy alone, right? Let Tommy Pham pitch. Who gives a shit? <laughs> just uh, pitch at anybody and just use the closer and closer situations. Oh, Not that tough, Chase, for Christ's sake. Christ. All right, here we go. want to mention the guys at Thrive Fantasy. Jeff and I have been talking about this all day long because you know what's here. This is a big week in sports. 
it's insane that the Masters is happening right now, Jeff, in November. Yeah. But when you look at it, it still looks fantastic, right? I'm not sure if it doesn't look better right now in November than it did in the spring. But look, Thrive Fantasy, thrivefantasy.com. Jeff made a, a really good point about this today when our conversation. He goes, the app is great. But he goes, it's really easier to navigate, yeah. right, Jeff, through the, website. Through, through the website. And so as you've heard us talk about this, and so many of you have been great as far as jumping in and trying it out and telling us how much you love it. ThriveFantasy.com is a place to go. Come prop up on Thrive Fantasy this season. Thrive Fantasy is your daily fantasy sports and esports app for player props. So, look, here's the deal. Listen to what we're talking about. Not only do you have big NFL games starting tomorrow when you have, meaning Thursday night, when you have the Colts and the Titans and then a great busy weekend in the NFL, but you have the Masters going on right now. Well, I tell you what, Dave, I got a call today from Scott at Thrive Fantasy, and I could hear it. I could hear it in his voice. And I said, hey, man, what's up? He goes, you know what? I think we're afraid you're just too good a player. <laughs> and I said, man, oh, man. I said, Scott, I finished 98 out of 111. He goes, I know, but we can see it. And I said, well, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to go on tonight, and I'm going to tell people what I play. He said, God, no, don't do it. Bullshit. <laughs> okay, we're playing tomorrow night. Uh, now, listen. I've got NFL. I'm going to give you all my picks because that's just it. Here's the other thing. If you're playing Thrive Fantasy, remember, use the website, thrivefantasy.com. Use that promo code, D-A-J-S. They're going to match your funds. They're giving you free money for crying out loud. Do I got to come over and stuff that $20 bill right in your goddamn mouth? <laughs> Jesus, how much easier can it be? Now you go, you sign up. Dave, I'm playing the Masters. Okay. Okay, now a lot of people don't understand how does this work. It's a parlay. They're just playing parlays. I'm going to tell you my card for the Masters tomorrow. Dave, tomorrow I've got the following guys. Tiger Woods. Okay. The prop bet was, does he shoot over 70 and a half? 70 and a half is the number. Is he going over 70 and a half? Or is he going under 70 and a half? How you feeling? I say over. That's what I said. Ding, ding, nice. ding. That gets me 90 points when that happens. Dustin Johnson, three and a half birdies. Wow. So he has to birdie basically four. Does he have four birdies on opening day of the Masters? I say no. I said the same thing. Under for 120 okay. points. Brooks Kepka. Been tough, yeah. But now a lot of people have kind of dismissed him, right? Yep. What we need tomorrow, eleven and a half pars. Remember, it's the opening wow. round of the Masters. Though so it's saying, does he go par eleven and a half times? Basically, twelve out of the eighteen is he getting par tomorrow? Over, under? I go no. He does not. I went over. Okay. I took it. Phil Mickelson. Total pars and bogeys. This is a good one. The number is 12 and a half, Dave. So, again, when you look at the 18 at the end, you're adding up pars and bogeys. Can he get to 13? Yes. I said yes, too. That's another 75 points. Here's the guy, Bryson DeChambeau. He's the talk of golf, right? This guy wants to fight everybody. A lot of people have him picked as the winner. Five and a half total birdies. Can he birdie six out of 18 holes? I say yes. I said no. I took the under. He's Shooter McGavin. He is Shooter McGavin. But I absolutely love it. What you're doing is just going through and playing parlays. 
And now if you go to ThriveFantasy.com, you have a bunch of different options to play. That's what we were talking about today with the guys. Man, you can play five. You can play ten. You can do whatever you like. This bet that I played, Dave, five bucks. That's all I played. But I will be so invested in it. Tomorrow night, we're playing Thursday night football. Here's a couple of my plays for tomorrow night. This is my number one play of the day. If this wins, you can all thank me. I'm going to give you one every time we play. Phillip Rivers tomorrow night playing against Tennessee, your Tennessee Titans. Dave, the number is 260 and a half yards over under. What does that noodle arm do tomorrow? I say he does it. You say he throws over? over? Goes over. For some reason, the Colts always have the Titans number. I said under. I'm taking under. Not bad. He's the 24th best quarterback in the NFL this season. Total passing yards. I said under, and I'll give you a bonus one too. Total completions. The number is 26 and a half. Wow. Come on. No way. No way. Take the under. It's easy money. What we want you to do, this is the important part. Show us your pick of the week. Send it in a message. Tag Thrive Fantasy. Tag me and Dave. And the best play of the week on Thrive Fantasy, you're getting a Dave and Jeff t-shirt. Again, just send it to us on social media. Let us know your play of the week. If it's the best one, the shirt's coming your way. Love it. All right, I want to mention Dan Williams as well. He's playing Thrive Fantasy. Dan's I'm your guy. smoke him. <laughs> Dan's your guy to get you out of debt. He's here at the end of the year to help you get your act together. That's what you need to do. So many people right now don't know what direction they're going. They don't know up from down, but all they know is they're stressed out because financially things might be a mess. Also, they're stressed out because they're still in the rental market. Dan wants to help you buy your own home. You need to give Dan a call, basically, is what we're saying. 858-688-6813. 858-688-6813. Well, I think the one thing why it's so important to call Dan and know that number that Dave just gave you, 858-688-6813, is Joe Biden's bringing a new tax plan in. And a lot of people are concerned. And you see people on social media that said, hey, if you got up and had a cup of coffee today, you will not be impacted by the Joe Biden tax plan. Well, is that right or is it not? If you are trying to be in the market to buy a home, what should you do? Should you refinance? All of these different questions. There are so many different things to know right now is the country is in the middle of transition. I texted Dan the other day because it's so important. Borrow smart, repay smart. We say it all the time. I've been very open. There was a time in my life when I did not pay attention to my credit score, and it couldn't have been more embarrassing when my wife and I went to buy our house. We were brand new parents. We were newly married, and my credit score, no matter who has the worst credit score in the audience right now, I guarantee you mine was worse, and I fucking needed my wife to sign for everything, and it just was embarrassing. Pulled my FICO score the other day, Dave, 827, and I've never been more excited And I can't thank Dan Williams enough for helping me get on track. So now I've got the credit score in place, and now we start looking ahead to the future. Can you say the same? Are you ready to go? Because Thanksgiving is two weeks away. Yep. And you know what that means? A month after that, it's Christmas. Are you ready so that your family, during this time, which has been so difficult for so many, can you at least celebrate the holidays and wrap 2020 on a good note, Dan can help you get there, 858-688-6813. Absolutely. When you're ready to get that perfect house, Brian Curry's the guy you're going to call. If you're looking to sell your house, if you're looking to buy a house, 
Brian Curry knows San Diego County better than anyone else. So many people that we've heard have decided California is no longer the place for nope. them. So they're looking to sell their house, get the best price. Wherever they go, they get the most bang for their buck. Again, Brian Curry's number is 619-251-1588, 619-251-1588. Well, as a proud veteran, we want to thank Brian today on Veterans Day for his time. Jeff, appreciate that, baby. Let's get up uh, here in the chopper. Let's go looking for the new house. Over. Uh, where are we going, BC? Tell you what, bud. Well, this is looking pretty good at IB. I'm just going to bank here. Uh, going to do about a 170 bank. Going to come down right through Coronado. We're going to swing right by the Dell. Beautiful building. And then we're going to make it down to IB. Right where you see it. All the beautiful ladies. Over. Now, unfortunately, because I'm a VIP, I get the helicopter service. I can't offer that to everybody, but you're going to feel like a VIP when Brian Curry takes you. Dave, what's your favorite neighborhood in San Diego? Uh, outside of the one I'm in right now? Yeah. Coronado's great. What can you tell you? Coronado's great. Um, I'm going to tell you one place that Brian Curry is not going to take you. It's replaced uh, IB. Okay. IB's back in the beautiful zone. City Heights is still in the shithole. It is. Every night I drive out of here, goddamn, I'm addicted to the police scanner app. <laughs> I just can't get enough of it. I'm going to tell you the area that I hear about that on that scanner every night. It's about 15th and Imperial and 16th and Market. There's always shit going on over there, and none of it's good. Brian Curry will not take you to those neighborhoods. City Heights, and you will not be at the liquor store where the guy's swinging the machete outside of 15th and Imperial. <laughs> but if you want to go to Coronado, Eastlake, Lucadia, no uh, no city is off the table for our friend. Give him a call, tell him, and you will find the perfect house on the perfect street for the perfect family, which is your family Tell them Dave and Jeff sent you. Absolutely. Look, when you get that brand new house, you're going to want a perfect pool to go oh, with it. Oh, boy. Alan Taylor, Taylor made pools, making the perfect pools for you. All you have to do is give Alan a call, check things out, and say, these are my designs. Alan goes, guess what? These are my designs to so make your designs even that much better. He'll walk you right through the 3D virtual tour process. Alan Taylor, living the life big, as Jeff just mentioned. Yep. Big day in Canada. You see him in the desert with that dune buggy. You see what's on one side of that dune buggy? Big Canadian flag. On God the other bless side. Him. Big United States flag. Love him. Yep. He has a Molson in his left and a Budweiser in his right. <laughs> He's the ambassador. And he's flying through the desert like a bad motherfucker. Here we go. Alan Taylor, his number, 619-449-4452. 619-449-4452. Well, it's Veterans Day, Dave. And when you think about fantastic movies, you think about this, and ironically, it fits perfect for today. We have a special today for the eight, first eight people that make a cash purchase from Alan Taylor. He, he begged me. He said, Jeff, I'm just begging you today on a day that means so much to you. Please limit it to six. I said, I'll write the rules. <laughs> the next eight people that call Taylor made pools, cash purchase, you will get the star of G.I. Jane. The Demi Moore pool. My God, can you think of a more perfect woman than Demi Moore? Now, we're not going to do uh, G.I. Jane, although we can do G.I. Jane. But the other one that Alan fought me on, but Amy said, Jeff says it, we do it. 
We're going to do Demi Moore striptease. Like it. That version of her. Wouldn't that look nice in Love your it. backyard? Huh? I'm uh, talking to you, Hamul. You fucking need it over there. Got nothing but a bunch of random smoke shops. Well, guess what? Now you're going to have Demi Moore pool in your backyard, and you're going to have every Tom, Dick, and Harry knocking at the door, showing up, wanting to hang out with you. Marco! Bolo! That's going to be the sound coming out of your backyard, but again... It's only for the first eight people, cash only. It's the Demi Moore TaylorMade Pool Special for you on Veterans Day. It's a gift from me and Amy and reluctantly Alan to all of the listeners that support this show. I can't think of anything better at the end of the night than just diving into Demi Moore. <laughs> all I know is, man, if you live in Homul, you should ask Alan Taylor about getting the goddamn lazy river around your house. Oh, all those fucking what? fires will save your house. I'm telling you right now, you get that lazy river. I like the lazy river. <laughs> Dude, no one's in a bad mood in the lazy river. There never is. I'm always <laughs> shocked by the science of it. How do we all keep moving? It feels like everything's level. How are they doing it? Are people below us kicking, keeping that water moving? Oh, my gosh. So here's the guy right now. It seems like everywhere we go, not only are you guys supporting our sponsors, but everybody's using Kyle Pfluger. Yep. Right? Even tonight. We heard it. You and I were out tonight. Yeah. And we got stopped tonight saying Kyle Pfluger has helped us build this brand new website and helped us get on track. Kyle's the guy to help your business shine. Right now, as you guys have seen, we're in purple. And so many people are struggling yep. trying to figure out how we're going to make money. Kyle Pfluger has great ideas to help your website. 619-500-6621. Dave just mentioned it with San, uh, San Diego going back to purple. There's so much confusion right now for what people have access to. Can we get in? Can we get out? And if you have not made the necessary changes to your website, I don't know what you've been waiting for, but I know this. You can't wait any longer because people are going to look, and if they don't have the answers, they're just not patient enough to search to page three or page four or click here. Man, you need to have the answers up front and available for everybody immediately, whether it's the menu, whether it's your locations, whether it's how you are running things in a COVID world. If your website is not doing it, Kyle can help you get there. Call Kyle. Tell him Dave and Jeff sent you. All right. Here we go. How old are they and how much are they worth? November 11th. I have a surprise for you. Okay. It's Demi Moore. No way. Yeah. How crazy is that? You just brought it up. God damn. Demi Moore. I'm going to say she's 59. 58. 58. Still beautiful. I think she's worth $40 million. Says one hundred and fifty million dollars. No yeah. way! Wow. And she did look great in striptease. She sure, she looks great now. She looks okay now. You shut up. <laughs> she she looks fantastic at fifty eight. She does thirty eight. Not so fantastic. No, you were trying to say she looked great at thirty eight, fifty eight. You just said. No, I'm telling you right now. For the way she looks now, if you thought she was thirty eight, she doesn't look like a thirty eight year old. She looks like fifty two. How's that? She, she's aging. She's aging. She's fine. Do you, does she still have those big fake hands? Yeah. Okay. Ten. Got that raspy voice. Exactly. Dead. What's the matter with you? And she's $150 million. And there's days when I'm like, it's fucking Tom Berejon sitting over there. Fucking man up. Let's go. Sick of your shit. All right. Here we go. All right. The Sanchez. Mark Sanchez. <laughs> the Sanchez. Dude, this is gonna be crazy when we think about it. I think he's, uh, I think he's thirty. 
34. Is that but right? But he's still younger than Rivers. That's all that matters, right? Well, that's it, funny, Dave. I was just thinking when we hear like 30, 31, you yeah. go, this guy should, could still be going yeah. in the NFL. When you look at Brady, Breeze, Roethlisberger, yeah. Rivers, other guys, and you go, dude, he doesn't feel like a guy at 34. That's funny. Um, well, he made some money, man. I mean, he's he a top five pick. I'm going to say he's $50 million. $40 million. Good for him. Okay, here we go. Last one. I only have three of them. Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh, this guy. I think, honestly, this guy might be the best actor alive right now. I think he's that good. Dude, he's he's so good. I don't know. You look at uh, do you look at John C. Riley and what he does in Step Brothers. John C. Riley is a good actor. Talladega Boogie Nights. Nights. Boogie Nights. Boogie Nights. Like, let's not just jump to conclusions because it's a guy's birthday. He's supposed to have the role as Champ Kind in Anchorman, but he was doing something else. He was supposed to be the sports guy. The guy, David Koechner, he's a pretty fucking good he actor, it, too. too. Todd on The Office. <laughs> he's brutal in The Office. <laughs> he's so great. Holy shit. He's so great. Uh, 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 who the fuck am I guess? Oh, DiCaprio. Um, 47. Hold on. I hated that movie. Was it The Reverend, the one that he won Act- Academy Award actor? Yeah, I never. That movie sucked. Didn't he wear like a bear hat? Did he didn't even talk? I'm like, what the fuck? How do you win for that shit? Tom Come Hanks on. didn't talk in Castaway. He should have got it for that one. He didn't get shit. Yeah, but he cried when his fucking uh, Nerf ball floated away. That was good. Was we all got emotional. Fuck, we've all had a great Nerf ball and then you lose it <laughs> walking down to the trash can. Fuck. So, so you said 47? Is that what yeah. you said? He's 46. 46. Uh, this guy, I tell you what. Bagging chicks for dollars, this guy'd be two hundred million. I'm gonna say he's. I'm gonna say he's. Uh, I'm gonna say he's hundred and ten million. Wow, man! I had a lot higher than he was worth. You had a lot lower than what he's worth. Two hundred and sixty million dollars. Wow! I thought it was a lot more. I don't know why. I thought it was a lot more. Wow, that's cool. All right, here we go. Five random questions. I've been looking okay. forward to this all night because my wife uh, wrote one of these questions. Oh, I like that. I want you to guess which one she wrote. Okay. Okay. So we'll just go through them, and then you tell me which one you think she wrote. All right. It'll stand up. All right. <laughs> it does. So here we go. So as far as uh, ESPN, I told you about uh-huh. Dan, Dan Levitard, and he paid for his producer, Greg Cody, for pay, said he's going to pay for his entire salary, and he gave him a raise. Have you ever okay. had a producer that you go, that guy is so good, or I love that guy so much and appreciate what he's done for us that I'm going to pay his salary? I have to think about him. Um. Our first one, first one that I can remember was B-Dub, Brian Wilson. Well, Wilson came after Horton. He did? Yeah. Horton was incredibly forgettable as a producer. He'd already, he'd been, he'd been run through the ringer by Hank, who demands perfection. I love that role. It broke Costin. It broke Horton. I think Horton literally told us he was done booking guests. Which was exactly his job. Yeah. I think he said, like, day one, I will not be producing the show. I will take the paycheck, and I'll keep the title, but I'm not going to do the job. I'm going to run the fucking board. But we liked him so much, we just kept him around. I think the thing I did was, love Alan. He finally figured out our sense of humor. He was like one of us. He had all the sound bites yeah. going. He was like Fred on Stern. Yeah. He was great. With the weakest Rolodex I've ever seen. I was like, I'll just book this show. Okay. I don't need Mark Ziegler. Kept booking like third assistant coaches from Syracuse. We're like, fuck. Yeah. Fucking Mark Ziegler and... Uh, Noah Eagle. 
when he was in like eighth grade. <laughs> like, fuck off, Horton. Uh, so Horton wasn't any good, but we love him as a guy. Dub was okay, but he couldn't do a fucking update to save his life. Oh, my God. That was maybe the best part. We should have kept him on there. Uh, but I love Dub. He's just fucking great. I love that guy. I love his family. G-Man's just the coolest. Yeah, I'll tell you, I'll t- tell you the guy. Um, Wooldridge. Wooldridge was fucking... Wooldridge is great. Wooldridge you didn't was, mention Danny Simmons in there? Oh, uh, Danny, Danny Simmons is... Yeah, but the problem was I had two fucking newborns and fucking uh, Yaya... Hurley would book every fucking interview at noon. Like, I couldn't do every interview at noon, you fucking jerk. But I love that kid. He's awesome. Wooldridge. Wooldridge was great. Yeah. He was, right? I'm I'm trying to think. Ernie. I fucking love Ernie. Ernie couldn't fucking uh, book a flight. <laughs> what happened to Ernie? Ernie used to be a decent artist. I'm looking at these pictures now. I'm like, Ernie, do your hands still work? What happened, boy? <laughs> he's, uh, he's so good. He's just, dude, he's a Hall of Famer. Yeah. He's already in the Hall. Uh, he's Tony LaRusso without the DUI. <laughs> the fucking, dude, the kid's a Hall of Famer. What can you say? Love him. Ernie's like, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about with the artist stuff? Yeah. Ernie's a guy that hey, I can draw Woody Woodpecker, and then you look at it, you're like, is that Woody Woodpecker's brother after he was in a car accident? Like, what yeah. the fuck happened to you? This used to be your thing. Yeah, he uh, what he, he would tell Ernie would tell us all the time he was going to do this job until Hallmark hired him. Remember, he wanted to write, they wanted to work for Hallmark. Who says that is a goal? <laughs> Who in their right mind does that? My God, get a hold of yourself. How did I not help that kid more? I was tuned out. I let Ernie down. <laughs> Ernie, Ernie's. Who has like a woodpecker for a, um, I feel like a grocery store, somebody had them as like a mascot, right? Oh, I don't know. I can't think of what I'm, uh, I can't think of it. But. All, right, all right, here we go. Okay. Uh, should the White Sox fire Tony LaRusso now that they have more information about his DUI? It really embarrassing who, how he conducted himself and just seeing it, it man, that's a bad look. Yeah. It's really a bad look. And if all of a sudden you're just going to look, I mean, they should have known ahead of time. If I'm Tony LaRusso, I'm like, look, you fuck. You knew what happened and you still hired me. Uh, boy, Dave, maybe you don't fire him, but you better find a way to to try to spin that. I, I Boy, I, I mean, how that an, happened. It's an owner's call only. I mean, that's. This right here, honestly, yeah. might be, and I know it's been one of the conversations across the country, is this the worst hire in sports? I think it might be. The White Sox are considered one of the most fun young teams yeah. in all of baseball. Then Tim Anderson, your biggest star, is very vocal. He's very uh, involved in political issues. He's great. And sharing his voice. And everything that Tony LaRusso is quoted as saying, baseball players need to remain baseball players, stay out of politics oh. and using their brand. Tim Anderson and him are going to clash from day one. Yeah, I Knowing what they knew and still making that and then having the story come out within a couple of days, really bad look. All right. Which 70s music star was more disappointing in the 80s? Stevie Wonder, Billy Joel, or Elton John? Good in the 70s, bad in the 80s. Hmm. Stevie Wonder, Billy Joel, Elton John. Uh, Elton John. <laughs> Elton John. They all were kind of a little disappointing, weren't they? 
Yeah, I mean, look. I man. used to love Stevie Wonder. Then I hear the '80s channel, and he's sitting there, um, part-time lover, and mm-hmm. called to say I love you. All this bullshit. What happened to superstition and all the good shit? Dude, go back to when he's 13 years old and yeah. he's fucking playing the harmonica yeah. on fucking fingertips. Like, dude, he's 13. He's blind. He fucking gets a pass. What? A, hey, okay. Speaking of a blind guy, what is? Yeah. <laughs> I, I fuck. I should just stop. This is like one of the few times. I yeah, just stop. save it for off the year. I'll I'm tell gonna, you this. I, I'm fucking. I'm gonna ask you. Go for it. What the fuck do blind guys jerk off to? Oh shit! <laughs> I think that's a really interesting question. Thanks. I'm not crazy, but that's the stupid shit that goes through my head. Yeah, crazy sense. <laughs> right? What? Like, uh, like there's nothing in the bank. Like. You got Catherine Bach in the bank. You know what I'm Always. saying? Always. You got you got Charlene Tilton in the bank. Demi Moore. Yeah, Demi Moore in the bank. What the fuck's he? What's in his bank? Fucking not Jeannie Pepper. <laughs> Damn. There you go. Question. That's gonna win a title of the show. What do my guys jerk off to? Damn. What is the guy with the hook with the hand? Where his hand used to be? What's he do? What's Captain Hook do? Dude, that's a great point. What happens if you're like sleeping and shit, not understanding where you're at, and you forgot you had a hook on your hand? You're gonna fucking well. You better not have a waterbed. That's what I'm saying. Well, you rip your sack. <laughs> yeah, you got a fucking waterbed. Now you better call that uh, the Allstate guy because you just flooded the neighbor downstairs. <laughs> you're trying to choke one out, you fucking pervert. <laughs> Come on, hook, you fucking perv. What's the matter with you? I don't know. Do you get one of those fucking things that Lisa's selling all the time? The <laughs> limelight or whatever that shit is? <laughs> the limelight. It's the flashlight. Flashlight. God. Let me ask you Dude, one oh, quick fuck. thing. That's the sickest thing that we've ever talked about. Jesus. Yeah. Can, like, if you, okay. I said the other day that when these guys call you and they're now trying to tell you how your social security number's fucked, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And they can't even say social security because yeah. their accent is so heavy. And you say to him, I Do you understand them more saying social security or coach? Uh, yeah, it's probably them. Yeah. Probably <laughs> them. But <laughs> but I say to him now, instead of cussing him, I'm like, do you even tell your parents what you do? <laughs> Come on. Do you tell chicks this is what you do? You're never getting laid. And then they hang up. But like, dude, there are there are parents right now in this country that did the same thing we did. They got their kids dressed. They sent them on the bus. They went to their high school graduation. Some of them may have even sent those kids to college. And now those kids pay their fucking rent for their studio apartment in fucking Tarzana. By making little rubber models of some fucking woman's vagina (laughs) so that some sick pervert can whack off into a molded piece of rubber. Now, I don't know. You could be the parent of the guy in the trailer park, right? Keeping Johnson & Johnson in business every month. Or you could be the guy fucking doing the cast iron rubber. Yeah. God damn God bless America. Huh? God bless America. So, hold on. Going back to the question, Elton John had the biggest fall from the 70s to the 80s? I don't even remember. Sure. Worse than Billy Joel's doo-wop? Dude, Horatio Sands 
does such a great job at the Catalina wine f- mixer, and then this fucking dick, Ginger, in the audience can't fucking understand that, that Uptown Girl is a fucking 80s Billy Joel. Read the fucking drum, kid. God damn, stop it. Take your skin cooker wife and get the fuck well, out of here. <laughs> that may not have been our, our highest moment as a cover band. But, hey, that's why you put erasers on pencils. Oh, my gosh. That's my favorite line in the movie. Oh, my God. Listen, motherfucker. Yeah. Take your skin cooker wife Shit. And get the fuck out of here. Then what Will Ferrell say? Shit. Hey, way to go. (laughs) Derek D-Man. You fuck D-Man. The highest fucking helicopter. What the fuck is it? On the West Coast. I'm trying to blank on the one you're looking for. Fuck, is that funny to me? Damn, stepbrothers are good. All right, here we go. What's your favorite dish for th- for a Thanksgiving meal? I'm going to guess that's the one written by one Rita Pella. That's 100% right. <laughs> you don't even have to get through five. You just got it right away. Uh, she's just the best. Oh, my she's God. She's just the best. What yeah. makes you feel blue? Yeah, she was. She changed F you of the day to what? things that make you feel blue. So I said to her, she's talking. I go, look, I go, I'll talk to you in a second. I got to write these questions out. I go, do you have one? And she goes, yes. What's your favorite dish for a Thanksgiving meal? I go, I'm fucking putting that in there. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, uh, you know who she is? She's that woman you see on 2020. Yeah. And she's so nice. And you go, man, she really has it together. And it's the woman that they're interviewing outside of fucking San Quentin to go meet Charlie Manson. Yeah. You're like, how the fuck she that looked at you and go, that's the one. Holy shit, that poor Dude, soul. Dude, that's my scale. That's why I'm like a passive aggressive asshole. Is that I'm like, well, she's so good on that end. I can p- completely be a cocksucker on this God end. kind of even out the scale. Dude, she is an angel with wings. <laughs> and she has to be, to be married to Diablo. All right, uh... Hang oh on, get yes. an answer. Which one of those did you say is the worst music? And then we'll get to Thanksgiving. Dude, I tell you what, I'm, I heard a lot of Stevie Wonder this week. Dude, this all week. the most they, recent. They all disappointed me. But all the most recent Elton John shit oh, it is. Sucks. It is. Elton John. Save all, it with the yeah. Lion King. Dude, I'm with Save you. it. Yeah, all three of them really disappointed me. Yeah. That's funny as fuck. All right, what's your, I'll, I'll let you start. What's your favorite Thanksgiving? Oh my god, my uh, dude! My favorite thing about Thanksgiving is that my wife's family is Italian, and they fucking oh. they, even though they have the turkey and the ham and all that, yeah, they go full lasagna. They go everything. Oh, I, so I'm always the guy eating the lasagna, which is something I never got as a, as a kid. Here's the funny thing about yeah, nothing funny about about COVID though. We were literally saying, "What do we do?" Usually it's fifty people, and yeah. we're like, "The three of us are going to be looking at each other." I said, "Yeah, you want me to go buy like three hungry man turkey dinners?" We'll That's just it. Put, well, TV dinners, we'll just throw them in the oven. And she goes, no. And so she put an invitation out to her family today. And I'm kind of curious to know who says I'm in. But I think they're yeah. all afraid because of COVID to just show up for Thanksgiving. Do you guys have, have something planned or is it just going to be it'll something small? Be, it'll be uh, it'll be small and it'll be uh, my kids, their mom, and myself. Cool. And maybe her mom shows up, but she probably won't. So we'll just uh, hang out. Um you know, I like that call. Dave, you ever had um, 
I swear to God, this sounds like a joke, but it's not. Sam, the cooking guy, put a recipe out for Mexican lasagna. Have you ever had this? Dude, it is so goddamn good. I mean, lasagna is great, right? And and I go, my sister's kind of pretty close to vegan, so she'll make an eggplant lasagna, which is... Sounds good. Yeah, really, really great. Um, But then the regular, but the Mexican lasagna is just basically like Italian, but you're using um, ground beef that's seasoned like you would use in burritos or tacos or anything like that. And then you're using just a little bit of a different cheese blend. You're yeah. using more like of a jack cheese. Oh, so great. Um, look, man, for me, I, I don't know that it's one particular thing. I think it's just kind of fun, right, where you go the ham, the turkey. I mean, we're really traditional yeah. like everybody. And I I married a girl who was smarter than me and knew how to cook. So, man, she makes uh, like a homemade stuffing. She knows how to do the turkey and the sweet potatoes, the whole thing. Yeah, my kids live a pretty good fucking life. Uh, but, I, I, again, it really does, not to be cliche. I'm just thankful, man, at this point in our life to have everybody together in the same place. And the food... Whether we're we're barbecuing tomorrow or it's Thanksgiving or it's just pizza watching a movie, fuck it, it's all good. Just it's the people who you're there with. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you can go real traditional, and then everyone you invite over to your house, you just give them a blanket full of smallpox on the way out. Uh, I mentioned to my brother, and he goddamn told me the name of it. I brought up to my brother the other day. I said, "Hey, has anybody mentioned to you uh, that night in Palm Desert?" Yeah. And this fucking guy. See, this fucking guy t-shirt. <laughs> this fucking guy, dude, without missing a beat, immediately knew the name of the club. Holy shit. And it was like, God dang it, I gotta ask him again. He was like, ah, Cherry Reds or whatever. <laughs> I What? <laughs> and uh, I told him the story because he didn't quite remember it. And he, he goes, oh yeah. <laughs> I was like, I knew... Because I was going to tell my sister, and I was going to tell my mom, and I'm like, this fucking guy's going to deny it. And he was like, oh, I remember that. <laughs> and I told my, my mom I told my mom this story because she had been out in Palm Desert with us, but she didn't, she didn't yeah, know that part. And I was saying to her, my grandmother was there who passed away 12 years ago, if not longer. So I was saying, I was like, how old were we? We're doing the math. I'm like, God damn. I think I was like 23 and Dum Dum was 27. <laughs> and dude, my mom laughed like I have not Good, seen I'm her. Left. Oh, she goes, I'm telling her about the plate he put together. I look at him. He says, he want me to make you a plate. And I go, he literally has the fork right there. And he looks up at me like America's concierge. Hey, can I make you a plate? And I just go, we have fucking hit rock bottom. What's the matter with you? God damn it. I go, every girl, and my mom is rolling, right? And I go, every girl walks by, and they just are the most miserable. I mean, fuck, you're stripping on Thanksgiving in Palm Desert. And this fucking guy, right? Hey, how you doing? Well, you're, hey, yeah, it was a heck of a show. I enjoyed it. Shut up. Nobody wants to listen to your positive bullshit just because you feel like you got 
three extra Hawaiian rolls, you dick. <laughs> Girl's taking her clothes off to Crocodile Rock. It's like, shut the fuck up. Yeah, just fucking uh, Fallen Angel from Poison. God, I, everybody in that room except one fucking person knew we had all hit rock bottom. And the one guy who didn't know was just going at it. <laughs> Oblivious as shit. Banana pudding. Dude, he no, he skipped that. He had that green fucking jello that had been <laughs> mixed together with like cool whip or something. With like like cucumbers in it? No, like they didn't shit. do it. No. What are you talking about? Cucumbers? This was just lime jello that had been put together, whipped together with cool whip, and then served with like an ice cream scoop. On like a heavy duty paper plate and turkey rolls and like hungry jack mashed potatoes and some kind of bread. Oh my God. And the saddest stuffing you've ever seen and just like a one really raggedy piece of ham. <laughs> this guy thought he'd hit the goddamn lottery. Yeah, I, I'll find the name of that goddamn strip club. Oh, my God. That is funny. All right. That was like a two-hour show. Well, Look shit. Holy shit. If we only had an hour to go, we could catch Eddie better. Uh, that's it. And then uh, back next week on Monday. We'll just keep it Monday, Wednesday for a while, right? Okay. Good deal. That worked for you yep. and then leading into Thanksgiving, the whole thing? Absolutely fine. All right. Uh, our thanks to uh, Dan Williams. Our thanks to Brian Curry. Our thanks to Al Taylor, our thanks to Kyle Fluger, and our thanks to Scott and everybody at Thrive Fantasy. Thank you to all of you that subscribe on Patreon. You guys are the backbone. Have a great weekend, and we'll look forward to seeing you all on Monday night. Good deal.